think Mitsuki's getting sexually aroused right now. <laughs> Actually, I'm slipping into a, into a into a black world of despair. Every night since you did the last Black Butler anime, I went to sleep and I said a little prayer to myself. I, I was I, I was just saying my thanks to the world that I would never have to deal with Black Butler again. Oh my god! And when I woke, oh, it's not that. And when bad. I woke up today and we did the selections and I saw that you had picked a new Black Butler show, my world just fell apart. listen to the song Days from the anime Meikaku City Actors by the artist Jin. I'm Chiaki and this is episode 233 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast where our sole mission is... I think it's uh, to make your anime addiction worse, right? I, yeah, I think so. I think Cram's over there jamming out to this song. I like this song. Yeah. It's not bad. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, Ustream, where we broadcast live Saturdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once more, I'm Chiaki, and I'm joined by... Oh, yeah, my name's Mitsugi, and I'm enjoying some uh, some very hard-earned iced coffee. Oh, very nice. Hard-earned. Uh, yeah, see, so about about 30 minutes ago, I, I went to walk to Starbucks, because where we're broadcasting from is about... Maybe uh, almost a 10-minute walk from Starbucks. and I think 10's a little generous. Maybe it's less or more than more or less. I don't know. But um, the problem is that in Florida, it's like 92 degrees outside right now, even though it's nighttime. And we uh, it's so humid that it's just like your whole body melts when you're outside. So I got back, and I immediately got in the shower for about two minutes <laughs> and just rinsed off. And here I am, fresh and refreshed for you with coffee. And fresh with coffee. I'm I'm having a, well, half glass now of ice cold milk. Graham, do you have a drink of the night? Just coffee because it's morning for me. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Drink of the morning. No no, da- <laughs> no day drinking? No, not, well, no, not yet. Not- <laughs> I did a little bit of that yesterday with, uh, with a podcast listener, actually. Um, I believe he goes by uh, absent-minded Osaka in the chat. Uh, not in the chat, but in the forums, rather. And uh, we went out and had some some drinks. It was a good time. And then oh. I took him to Kokoichi Ban Curry. Oh, really? It was a good time. Did and, they, uh, I, uh, did they enjoy Kokoichi? It. Oh, very much. 
very Wonderful. much. Uh, he was uh, he was from Norway, so I got to learn some interesting things about Norway that I had never heard before, oh. and he had lots of questions about America. So uh, we had a, a, a nice international conversation. I'm told that the measure of a man is how spicy his level of curry is at Kokuichiban. So how spicy was his curry? Uh, he only got a two. He he said that Norwegian food uh, tends to not be very spicy, so he didn't want to overdo it on his on his first try. So okay. well, you, you, I can't blame him for that, though. You yeah. got to work your way into it, but Kokuichi is pretty spicy. And that's true. You want to enjoy the curry. You don't want to you don't want to go all out and not taste anything on your first try. Yeah, I uh, I think I've told the story about the first time I had Kokuichi going for the the ten spicy. That was a mistake. <laughs> You're right. All right. We have a five-star review. And this review was submitted by Kazutaiga. I'll read it. It's pretty long, so Go why ahead. Not? The AAA podcast is hands down the best anime podcast out there. It's oh. balanced in that they talk not only about anime, but also about topics surrounding it. It's not overly opinionated. It's always fun, and I always learn something new. I was a casual anime fan, but with this podcast, I now know so much more about great shows and the otaku culture that I wouldn't have known just by researching, and it's safe to say that my list of shame is growing and that I've grown an addiction. Aww. I hope it never stops, and I look forward to every new episode. By the way, Mitsugi, I understand your hatred, but a little moe love in your heart doesn't hurt. That's not true at all, actually. And also, what up, Chiaki? And fun fact, Cram's voice is low enough that I have to turn down the bass knob in my car. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like you should put that on a resume, Cram. Be like, my voice yeah. is so low. I'm going to put it on my business cards. <laughs> this, this person says that we're not overly opinionated. Are we sure they're listening to our podcast? I was wondering that also because, <laughs> because it's us. <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, uh, we're definitely opinionated, and I'm and myself as as much as anybody. But I think maybe we are respectfully and reasonably opinionated. I think we try to acknowledge when there, we are like being opinionated. So. There is a yeah, good. So. There is a good reason behind most comments that I think are made. May perhaps, maybe. Yeah. So new forum members. As always, if you join our forums and you're anywhere in the area of the Animatics Anonymous podcast, make sure you let us know. Welcome to the forum's fear junkie, HTV fanatic, David the Demon, Art Air, Chiaki Make version. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a typo. I think it was male version. Male version? Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> Dark Angel 4355 and uh, Reslock. You know what? You did a pretty good job today reading. Thank you. That's, that was good. Well, you know, the one typo was your fault, so... I'm going to give you a golden star on your homework. <gasps> oh. How do you feel about the fact that there is a male version Chiaki now? I want cosplay photos. Oh. I'll tell you how I feel about it. It gives me the Kimochi Waruis. Oh, you're mean. <laughs> or, if, or if you are um, Mido um, Suji from Yoba Pedal, Kimo, Kimo, Kimo. Yeah, I, ju I just can't. Uh, I can't stop from uh, imagining Chiaki with a sausage. <laughs> well, you know, technically you've never confirmed otherwise. So. Oh my goodness! It's a I think I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take David the because I'm a fan of alliteration. What what name of the week did you take? I'm sorry, I missed it. D 
David the Demon. David the Demon. Yes, alliteration is fun. I'll go with Fear Junkie. I think I have to take Chiaki male version, right? Yeah, probably. Trivia. How about trivia? This was our last week of live action trivia where I gave you a live action photo and you had to name the anime that the live action was based off of. This one was pretty easy. Pretty easy, yeah. This was kind of my give it to the crowd one. Those who got it right were Bobots Go. Lots of bows first. Ayametan. Ayametan? I'm going to take your golden star away. No, don't (laughs) take it away. Focus. Icy Rose. The Great Nagao. Opai for Senpai. Astrophysics is no try. Shake a spear. Attack on titties. The rail tracer. Logner. Lohenger. 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 Sorry. No anime. No life. Kudoro Mind. Yes. One Bo more. Bob 101. Oh, I need to get like some kind of a drop that, that just plays <laughs> clapping noises for Tsuyaki. <laughs> did, did you say the answer of the trivia? The answer of the trivia it was Roroni Kenshin. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. And the winner for the week was Kudoro Mind. And this was our last, our fourth question. So it finishes a round of trivia. And the winner for this round of trivia was Bo Bob 101. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for Johnny? Good job. You will have won a fantastic trivia prize. Of your choosing. Of your choosing. So I, I don't know what it is yet, but, but um, I guess I'll find out soon. Our new month's theme for our trivia is name the anime based off the food. So they're all pictures centering around food. So not name the food, name the anime. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. If you're interested in submitting a mailbag, you can go to our main page, aaapodcast.com, click on the tab called Mailbag, and start Ragnarok, or send us a mailbag. It does one of those things. I don't remember what I set it up to do. Anyway, so uh, who wants to read this first mailbag question? I can read it. Oh, good. All right. This one comes from Maverick Eveltal, and this person writes, Hello, AAA Podcast. Now, before I start the questions, let me start off by saying, AAA, you guys rock. All All caps. caps. That's right. So we know (laughs) they're serious. (laughs) Okay. So now starting the question. Uh, Number one, did you know that Yuki Kaji, Aaron's voice actor, is playing Clement in the Pokemon XY anime? I, I didn't know that. Did you guys know that? I knew that, actually. I did. I didn't. I now did, I did. I did cool. And I bet you every single Japanese kid in Japan knows it. Oh, I'm sure. Every single one. Uh, question number two. Whenever I noticed Froki in the anime, he just doesn't give a shit about the others. I still love that one. I don't, I don't watch the anime, so I don't, I don't know Froki's personality. <laughs> Sorry. He's a little shitster, it sounds like. I don't know. I, I picked Folko in, in, the, uh, in the Japanese game, so... You know, Fennigan. Fennigan, I think, yeah. So, I don't know. Being in Japan, I, I seem to know a lot, of the, a lot of the Japanese names and not so many of the English names. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is maybe a question that's more meant for some Japanese elementary school students. Or just bigger fans of Pokemon. I like Pokemon. I play every game that comes out, but I, I'm, not, I'm not as big a fan as, as it seems uh, Mr. Maverick Eveltal is. Or Miss, I'm not sure if it's a male or female but 
Well, anyway, it, it is difficult to keep up with these shows that are really, they're all really long and they seem to have one every year. So maybe, maybe every year. There's, a There's bunch. nothing wrong with keeping yeah. up with them. It's just no, not at all. Not our thing. Yeah. yeah. We're already watching too many shows. Oh, I know for real. <laughs> anyway, so um, who wants to read the second mailbag? I think it's your turn, Chiaki, to read something. Is it my turn? Yeah. All right. Fies Danielle writes, hey, AAA podcasters, now. Count up your sins. One, let's see. I, I, I swear, swore in public today. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I actually peed in public not too, a couple weeks ago. Let's see. Is that a sin? I'm not sure. Well, um, I guess indecency in public. I, I could, this could go on for a while. We'll just keep going. That particular catchphrase is from a really awesome Tokusatsu series, Common Rider W Double. And I just wonder, there's quite a number of tokusatsu references in anime. There's even an anime that specifically focuses on tokusatsu references, Samurai Fomenko. So I wonder, do you have any tokusatsu references in Japanese animes that you like and why? Do we want to answer that first or should I finish the mailbag? I don't have any. I actually, this is like one one craze, one sphere of Japanese animation and pop culture that I I have nothing against. I've just never really gotten into. And so, I mean, aside from Power Rangers and being a little kid and loving that. But, um, so, I don't really have any. Sorry. How about you, Cram? I know you've got to have something for us. Uh, Yeah, actually, I I really like the, uh, the quest arc of the TV series. It's based on a manga, but it's level E. I don't know if you guys watch that. Oh, I have seen that, yeah. Um, the, the quest arc focuses on, I think it's five guys who get turned into kind of tokusatsu ranger, like mm. a super sentai squad, and they have to go on kind of a, a old school Famicom uh, RPG-esque, JRPG-esque quest, and it's, uh, it's pretty funny. I Actually, I like that show quite a bit. It's, it's got a good sense of humor. Um, that and it's not anime, but I also like a lot of people know about this, but uh, there was a series of skits that uh, was on some Japanese variety show called Godenja, which uh, detailed the, the kind of humorous antics of a, of a group of Super Sentai Tokusatsu uh, rangers. And uh, I just I remember one of them being that all of them wanted to be the Red Ranger because the Red Ranger is the leader. So they all have red suits on, which I think they did something like that in Samurai Flamenco, too. Um, But yeah, that's that's pretty funny. But that's live action. I love how simple it is, like the days of simplicity of the Pink Ranger is the girl and the Red Ranger is the leader. Yeah. (sighs) That would be the stereotype. All right, moving on. My second question is that I is that I wanted to have special powers. Me too. For me, it would be a mix of Homura's time magic, Olma Shu's void ability, and Setsuna F Sei's innovator power. Now, if you want to have your own multiple special powers, abilities, magic, which of them would you choose and why? Anyway, love to hear your opinions and hope the A podcast will grow in support. So I said, I, I want, I, of course, I, I want to be able to fly. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's been one of my dream superpowers for a long time. I honestly had a really difficult time coming up with some kind of a combination. Like, I feel like I'm Riku, like mixing items. Like I'm gonna f- combine like a like a like a like a like a bomb core and a and a power sphere and make something. Uh, I like dogs, so I was thinking about dog things in anime, and I will I, I'll take Yuzu Yuzuriha Nakoi from X TV. Her power is she's basically 
she has she's attended by her own personal like dog spirit that can shape shift into pretty much anything that she wants. So it's like she has a little dog buddy with her all the time. I think that's kind of cool. I'll take that. I think the girl who leapt through time, her power with jumping back in time, I think that's a lot of fun. Maybe maybe with the recharge ability that, you know, it doesn't yeah. run I out. I need to squander the crap out of it like that girl did. <laughs> well, if I didn't run <laughs> out of it, maybe. I think I'm going to go back in time and eat that same ice cream cone again. It was really good. Well, she didn't know it was going to run out. What? If you didn't know that your time travel ability was going to run out, you would use it for whatever you wanted. It's it's, it's irresponsible. Irresponsible? <laughs> Cram, do wow. you, Cram, do you got something? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, wait, I, I wasn't I, done. Oh, you're not done? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't done. Please continue. Time travel would be fun. Shape-shifting. I think, uh, like, uh, Inari Konkonkoi, that one, that would be kind of fun. Shape-shifting would be fun. And um, Goku. I'd love Goku's whole skill set. I'd love to be buff and fit and That's fly. not fair. You, you, can't, you, you can't take a character and say, you know, I just want to have his whole skill set. Why not? Cause that's, did, what, that's what they said. Goku has like a hundred powers. Exactly. Yeah, that's, can, that's, that's like saying I want to have Superman skills. If you go back and see all of the things that they made Superman <laughs> do over the years, you would have a ridiculous amount of powers. At one point, he could shoot tiny Superman out of his hand. <laughs> Not even kidding. That's ridiculous. I am the Moe Archangel. I already have a flaming sword. I already have flaming swords and kittens to disperse to my army. So okay, now are you done? Uh, yes. All right. How about I you? I would Graham? probably just go for the instant transmission. That's good enough for me. I live so far mm-hmm. away from you know family and friends that if I could just like blink myself back home for a weekend, that would be super convenient. That would be. That w- that's a very I always say I I forgot to say it for this one but a, a Doraemon to have a non demo pocket and a oh, Doko demo door yeah. that would yep. be that would be nice. All right, so we have one more mailbag. I'll, I'll go. I'll I go think it's your a, turn. I'll go through it quick. I've, I've, I've been trying to do three per show just to, so we can try to try we to keep up, but it's impossible. <laughs> so uh, Lord Okeanos writes, "Hey AAA podcast, was Avatar: The Last Airbender or its sequel, The Legend of Korra, ever popular in Japan?" My personal opinion is that I have never seen Avatar The Last Airbender anywhere in Japan. That's I haven't either. I don't right. think it is. I think yeah, I've never seen anything for it. All right. I would almost imagine that there may be like some people who are like, there's this cool thing the Americans came out with. You got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- every country has its own animation. I mean, yeah. even countries like probably Hungary or whatever, they all have animation studios that they're making animation f- for kids. So you can't really expect something that, that comes out in a foreign country, like on Nickelodeon or whatever, to be n- noticed by yeah. kids in a foreign country, even if, I mean, little kids in Japan went go, go crazy when they see foreigners because they're so excited that they see a foreign person. So, I mean, I can't really expect them to be exposed to f- foreign media, you know, mm-hmm. like, like Avatar The Last Airbender, so... All right, well, we're going to take a anime news break. And when we come back, we have, you all know it's coming, the summer. Summer? Is it really summer already? Summer 2014. It's not spring? Can't believe it. What? Nope, it's definitely oh, summer. Oh, I blinked and, sum- and spring was gone. The summer 2014 anime preview. And then we're going to have a review on Hajime no Ippo Rising. But while we are out on the news break, well, there will be a poll. Of How course. are you feeling about the summer 2014 season? Lots of great shows. Bring on Sailor Moon. The season is pretty average, but okay. Season is bad, but I'll survive. It's terrible, 
Can we just skip to more Yoa Petal? Did you make this poll? I think I think I might have done that. All right, I think so too. Well, we're gonna find out how good the season is, right? When we come back. Hey all you anime addicts, this is Shiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, for those of you who are fans of Uchu Kyodai or Space Brothers, I know you have long been mourning the loss of the series, but the movies that will be continuing the franchise are coming out. There has been a second teaser trailer for the Space Brothers anime film, Uchu Kyodai No. 0 or Space Brothers No. 0, that reveals more of the prequel story to be featured in the upcoming movie. For those of you who are familiar with the franchise, you might be happy to find out that the character Brian J will be having a prominent role in the movie's plot. In other news, I know we all can't get enough of Sailor Moon and we're all gearing up for the new release of Sailor Moon Crystal. If you actually want to gear up, there is a new Sailor Moon apron that lets you transform into Sailor Moon every time you go into your kitchen with a cute red bow in the back. If you're interested in having this be part of your kitchen wares, it's available on the Premium Bandai online store for 6,000 yen, which is about 60 US dollars. It isn't out yet, but reservations will begin on June 27th. It currently has an estimated ship date of August 2014, so it will be out well in time for Christmas shopping. In other news, Hayao Miyazaki's worth as a director is undisputed, and the Science Fiction and Fantasy Hall of Fame has announced that they will be inducting the Studio Ghibli co-founder this year. The Hall of Fame was founded back in 1996 to honor, quote-unquote, the lives, work, and ongoing legacies of science fiction and fantasy's greatest creators. I think we can all agree that Miyazaki's work definitely falls under the greats for those categories. Another news, speaking of things that are undisputed, it is fairly undisputed that Levi from Attack on Titan is, well, very popular with the ladies. And Kodansha's Frau Woman's Fashion Magazine has caught wind of that also. Manga creator Hajime Isayama has created a special illustration for the August issue of Frau Woman's Fashion Magazine that features none other than Levi himself reading some magazines in a chair. The issue will go on sale in Japan on July 11th and feature a long interview with Isayama. Now, you can find pictures of this illustration and probably the interview online, but if you can get your hands on a copy of the magazine, you will also get a special A4 clear size file folder that will be bundled with the issue. It also has the limited edition illustration of Levi and the logo for the Survey Corps on the back. Finally, for those of you who are fans of Gilmora Del Toro's live-action Pacific Rim mecha movie, well, there's more to come. Pacific Rim 2 has been confirmed, along with an animated series that will come out in between the films. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Storytime with Chiaki. I was on a train in Korea once with one of my friends, and um, I get an itch in my nose, and I kind of, you know, rub my nose or whatever, and then I sneeze, 
and blood just goes everywhere and we're in between stops and I'm having I'm holding my hands over my nose and there's just blood dripping from my hands. What the it's hell? It's like you one of the worst nosebleeds I've ever shouldn't had. Shouldn't pick your nose so hard. And then it's like when we get to the stop and we run out to the bathroom and I like run in the bathroom and there's blood all over me and like all of the girls in the bathroom like flee and I I open up my hand and it's like a pool of blood in the sink and that well, story wasn't funny at all. It was awful. Nobody will ever want to ride next to Chiaki on the train again. I always have a good story somewhere in me. Back to the show. And we're back to the 233rd episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Making your anime addiction worse with our preview on the summer 2014 season. I think it's time we jump right into giving our thoughts. So there was a thought that uh, someone on the, someone on our forum had. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was kind of funny, and I think it summarizes part of the season's sort of show demographic quite well. Uh, Mischievous on the forum said, Are you ready for the summer of Yaoi? I am calling it because there are 10 Yaoi or pseudo-Yaoi anime this season. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm not really sure which, which shows he's he or she is referring to, but um, we have the results of the poll. So, again, the poll question was, how are you feeling about the summer 2014 anime season? And about 80% of you either said it's great or it's, or this season is pretty average but okay. So almost none of you actually like truly hated or disliked the anime season. So, so maybe it's looking good. Yeah. Uh, one more quick note. There is a li- there's a, there's a, an addition being made this season. We have uh, sort of injected Felix, uh, our um, sort of semi-demi-co-host of the podcast, Felix Albuerne, has made his own picks for the podcast that I'm going to lovingly refer to as King Felix's anime picks. King Felix? How does he... Well, I guess I'm an archangel now. He can be a king. I'm an archangel. What? what? And King Felix is not here with us today, but if he were, he would want me to discuss these anime for him so i'm going to uh speak for felix so yes for those of you who may have started listening in the past year or two after well since felix has really been on the show he w- he came on a couple times and he expressed interest in wanting to come on again and much like our lovely cram he has a very good radio voice so i won't say no to that voice all right so um as always, we do our picks in a draft, a draft format, so everyone selects 10 or 15 shows that they want to watch in order of least to most desired, and then we sort of roll dice and then go through the draft and just pick them one at a time. So, who wants to get us started? I have trailers for all of the animes, and I will be playing them all in the chat, so if you watch these, these preview episodes live, you can, you can watch the trailers while we're discussing them, so... Yeah. But which one of you guys wants to go first here? I don't mind going first, and then Do it, it. and then it could be Mitsugi, and then Cram, and then Mitsugi for Felix, if that sounds sure. good. Sure. Yep. Let's do it. All right. So my first anime that was actually my that was actually my seventh pick. So it didn't go too far down on my list. Was shouldn't be too surprising. Hana oh. Monogatari. Okay. And it is the sequel of Monogatari series second season, which I watched because I'm the Monogatari person of the show and I've seen everything. So the reason why I picked this, other than being the 
Monogatari person of the show is because, well, Nani Nani Monogatari is normally pretty good and I'm interested in watching it. I don't know. I I realized that that summary was was very short, but it's the sequel and it's part of the Monogatari season. And I expect lots of very quick, witty dialogue and combined with very interesting pops of color and other such shots. Yeah, the Monogatari um, anime uh, shows tend to have a lot of dialogue in them. They very, do. Very, very dialogue heavy. They're, they're dialogue, monologue heavy shows. The animation is normally very well done. The music is also... Norm- they're, they're normally very well put together. So this one will be featuring um, Suruga Kambaru. And it's set after Araragi graduates from high school. So it's kind of like, oh, my babies are growing up. They're graduating high school. How weird. I have to admit that I did watch about half of Katana Gatari back in the day when that came out. But I just really struggled with the with the amount of dialogue that there was in that show. I just couldn't handle, you know, the, the 45 minutes of talking and then 10 minutes of action. It was... It was it was a tough watch for me. You have to really, really be into what the show is. Someone in the chat asked how many Monogatari seasons there are. There's Bake Monogatari, Nise Monogatari, um, Monogatari series second season, Hana Monogatari, which is coming out now. And during that time, there was Kizu Monogatari, that was a movie prequel, and Neko Monogatari Black, which one or two of those I also watched. I realized um, as I was trying to play this trailer for you guys that I had forgotten to convert the anime to a um, to a format that I could play the trailers for you. So right now I'm doing that as we speak and my computer is working extremely hard. I knew that I knew there was a reason why, why I bought a high-end laptop so I can <laughs> so I can convert 14 videos at once into a different format. So <laughs> so, so so who's going next on this? Who's turning it to you? Okay, so if it's me, my uh, my first anime selection came in at my actual number nine. So I had to go, I had to go somewhat far down my list to get this one. But uh, I think this is probably one of the most highly anticipated shows of the season, and this is the anime uh, Ak- uh, Akame ga Kill. So it is done by director Kobayashi Tomoki, who directed Rosin Maiden, Amagami SS, Tears to Tiara, and our own favorite Nakshai Utawari Dumono, which um, there's a lot of fantasy stuff in in those animes that I just listed. And it's done by, the original creator is uh, Takehiro, uh, and, who worked on a lot of the script of Samurai Flamenco, and also Tetsuya uh, Tashiro. The production is done by White Fox, whom has done a, a fair amount of recent stuff. They did Devil is a Part-Timer, Super Sonico, uh, Katana Guitari, which I just mentioned, Jormun Gond. The music is done by, and I mentioned the music because the the, uh, the composer is very prolific. It's uh, Iwasaki Taku, who has done, he did the music for Gurren Lagann, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Roni Kenshin OVA, uh, Witch Hunter Robin, Black Butler. He's He's... One of those music, musical artists that sort of rivals uh, Yoko Kano, I think, in the industry, maybe. Anyway, so the plot of Akamega Kill, and this is a very gory, it looks very gory. In a fantasy world 
fighter Tatsumi sets out for the capital to earn money for his starving village, and finds a world of unimaginable corruption, all spreading from the depraved prime minister who controls the child emperor's ear. So there's a prime minister that's basically, you know, pulling the strings behind a, a ruler who's too young to really make decisions. And, um... After nearly becoming a victim of this corruption himself, Tatsumi is recruited by Night Raid, a group of assassins dedicated to eliminating the corruption by uh, plaguing the capital by mercilessly killing those responsible. Ooh. So, that, the couple notes I had written here is that it's a very heavy, heavy action anime. It's very gory. Um, I did see some tropes in the trailer, so I didn't like. I didn't really particularly like the the moments where they were pulling the main character into the girl's breasts and making her breasts jiggle. And but uh. you're gonna get that. I, I mean, I mean, even though they only had one one instance of that in the trailer, the fact that it's in there makes me makes me worry. You know, I thought that what was that anime called that you covered where the girl turned into a sword? Oh, that's the blacksmith, blacksmith. blacksmith, whatever. Sacred blacksmith. That anime I thought looked cool until it ended up being about booby armor and things like that. <laughs> Jiggling booby armor. There was a lot of fighting with uh, guns and swords and some magical glyphs. So there's going to be some like fantasy elements in the show. I think it's one of the most highly anticipated shows of the season. I couldn't leave it off off of our list. Um, Akame got kill. So, if you like action and violence and fighting, I think that is one that you should be looking for. So, all right. Cool. Uh, the first one on my list was actually my number seven pick, and this is a show called Al Hadu Ride, and this is by uh, Studio Production IG, and they were, of course, the uh, animation production on tons and tons and tons of things. Actually, we did a spotlight episode uh, for Production IG back it's been a year or more ago now, I think. Uh, but they are responsible for shows like Bunny Drop, Eden of the East, and uh, Fooly Cooly. They've done some good stuff. They have. They have quite, quite a bit of good stuff, actually. Um, it, this is going to be directed by Ai Yoshimura, who was the series director for My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu. And she was also an episode director for Anohana Daily Lives of High School Boys and Gachaman Crowds. Uh, the series composition, uh, or the head script writer, however you want to see it, is uh, Tomoko Komparu, who also did series composition for the Cheese Sweet Home series, uh, Kimi ni Todoke and Nana. And she was also a script writer for Dirty Pear, Master Keaton, and Urusei Yatsuda. Well, and the, there you go. the synopsis, yeah, exactly. There's some uh, there's some interesting talent behind the show. Uh, the synopsis is that uh, Aoharu Ride revolves around Futaba, uh, Futaba rather, a girl who is in love with a boy named Ko Tanaka in middle school. However, after a misunderstanding, their relationship as friends ends when he transfers schools over summer vacation. In high school, her world is turned around once again when she meets Ko again. This time under the name of Ko Mabuchi. So. It, it sounds kind of derivative. Uh, I think it has the potential to go interesting places. But the thing that really drew me to this, besides the the, um, the character design, which I think is, is pretty attractive, uh, is that it's written and directed by women based on a manga by a woman. So hmm. I, I don't think we get that very often. And I, I would like to see... Um, I would like to see where this goes because I think uh, obviously more more women need to be represented in the industry on the creative side of things and not just in uh, in you know voice performance. I agree. So um, I want to I want to support this show. I want to I hope that it's going to be good, and that's kind of why I picked it. But yeah, that is Al Hadu Ride. 
I, I just got the trailers running, so I apologize that we missed a couple of them, but um, uh, maybe we'll go back later and I'll play them for you later on. So the, the next anime we're going to talk about is it was King Felix, or I'll just call him Felix for now. Felix is number his number one pick, which is came in as number six for him, is Tokyo ESP. And Tokyo ESP, EXP is directed by Shigehito Tokyo. Uh, Takayanagi, who was responsible for a couple recent anime, including The World God Only Knows. Hmm. So that's a big name that pe- most people know of and um, would probably anticipate the anime based off of that alone. The, um, the production the studio, the studio that's producing the anime is Zebek. So is that Z-E-B-E-C. That they've done quite a lot of, quite a lot of work. The, the plot of this is it sounds very sci-fi. It doesn't sound very Mitsugi at all, but I'm going to read the plot anyway. So, um, the science fantasy story Tokyo ESP begins with Rinka, an extremely poor high school girl who lives with her father in modern Tokyo. One day she is going home from school when she, when she chases a flying penguin to the top of New Tokyo Tower, only to have fish swimming in the air suddenly appear before her. One of the fish goes through Rinka and gives her extraordinary powers beyond those of normal humans, particularly the ability to slip through solid objects. And for some reason, when I read this synopsis, I immediately thought of the old TV show, um, Alex Mack. Did you watch that? You watch that, Cram? <laughs> yes. yes, of course. So, what? The Secret World the secret, of Alex Mack. The Secret World of Alex Mack. Where she turned into the T-1000 silver goopy goop. Yeah, she could melt into like liquid and slip <gasps> under doors and stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. I think I think her, uh, the guy who played her best friend, I think he committed suicide last year. Oh. I think it's the same guy who, yeah, not to bring down the podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, he, he, he also played the famous Jet Jackson, if you remember that show. Old school Disney represent. Anyway, All so right. we got so many shows, we got to keep it going. So, Sorry. So no, it's no, no problem. Chiaki, <laughs> you have a you have an, another show here, right? So. I do have another show. My next show was my six pick on the total list. Man, you didn't do very well. Well, actually, actually, no. If, if my you, lowest was seven. I guess okay. I my I apologize. You did you did quite. Oh, it was the opposite of that. Yeah, you did, I did. You did I quite did pretty well. well. The only picks I didn't get were my fifth pick and my fourth pick, which you, we'll get to later. Or first pick. You know what? You know it's pretty interesting because when going into the summer season, you you normally expect the, the summer to be a bad season. I think I think the key seasons are are spring and fall. Mm. But it was interesting because we all had very different selections. We all picked very different shows, and so we all basically got what we wanted, except for we all had pretty basically the same first and second picks, I think. Anyway. Well, I think it, it's good that we also represent a fair mix of types of shows. Anyway, so what is which, this anime? in line with that idea of representing a fair mix, my fifth, sixth pick is Kuroshitsuji, Book of Circus, or Black Butler, Book of Circus. Uh-oh. And it's a new... Kudoshitsuji project, and it's basically adapting the Noah's uh, Ark Circus arc. That says arc twice, but it's the two different kinds of arc, like Noah's Ark, like the boat, and arc of a story. Um, so it's readapting this book to be closer to the manga, which is my understanding. The original series 
had this arc or, or touched on this arc and it diverged from the original manga and then this will be a more true adaptation and this goes along with an OVA that's also coming out this year Kudoshitsuji Book of Murder which is in my understanding the same type of thing it adapts the Kudoshitsuji manga arc Phantom Hive Manor Murder Case and that OVA will be in Japanese theaters but this is a full length series that will be on the animeism block of programming. The director is interesting. The director is Noriyuki Abe. And interestingly enough, they did not work on any of the prior Black Butlers. But Uh-oh. They were the director for all of Bleach. Okay. They were the director for Flame of Rekka, which is an old school show. Uh-huh. They were the director for Yu Yu Hakusho. They were the director for GTO, Great Teacher Onizuka. Oh, talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> they did the storyboard for Banner of the Stars. Oh, my gosh. Talk to me. So they, they did the storyboard for Banner of the Stars, too. So there's mm-hmm. there's some good work that this guy has been a part of. So I think Mitsuki's getting sexually aroused right now. <laughs> actually, I'm ha- I- actually, I'm slipping into a, into, a, into a black world of despair. Why? <laughs> because every night... Since you did the last Black Butler anime. I didn't do the last Black Butler anime. Well, someone did it. Kimiko. Kimiko. Every night since Kimiko did the last Black Butler show, I went to sleep and I said a little prayer to myself. I, I was I, I was just saying my thanks to the world that I would never have to deal with Black Butler again. Oh my god. And when I woke Oh, it's not that And when bad. I woke up today and we did the selections and I saw that you had picked a new Black Butler show, my world just fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my, you might start noticing a trend in the anime I pick, um, Pretty Boys. And, oh, my God. And Sebastian give too much is away. one of those. And we got to keep going. <laughs> All right. And that's my way of getting you to quit talking about Pretty Boys. So this next show that I am going to play the trailer for is one, is a show that I am actually pretty excited for. It's got a very difficult title. This show is called Shirogane no Ishi Argvolen. And I guess Shirogane no Ishi is like the... I guess it translates to something like the white the white feather of rock. The white feather of the rock Argvolen. What do you think about that translation, Cram? Is that pretty uh, accurate? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's white something. <laughs> well, you... Uh, I, I think Shirogane, I'd have to see the I'd have to see the kanji. Well, it, hane hane means feather, so I'm guessing it means white feather. Anyway, so the director of this clearly mecha anime is Atsushi Otsuki, who worked on a bunch of shows that aren't any good. Just kidding. Everyone has their own opinions. <laughs> I mean, we're we're not we're not overly opinionated on this podcast. Not overly opinionated. <laughs> um, ladies versus said. ladies versus butlers, which I didn't watch. But I did watch Mototoroburu, oh. and it's very, very bad. Oh. Unless you think watching little demon girls sexually assault each other with their tails is good. Anyway. That so, does um, happen. This is another Studio Zebic anime, so they're they're very busy this season. The music is done by Kotaru Nakagawa, who did the music for Code, Ge- of Code Geass, Cross Game, Devil Survivor 2, Planet Tess, and about a gazillion other, other shows. So this guy ha- has quite a name. A name behind himself. The plot for Shirogane no Ishi Agavolen is it's a story that takes place in a world where two countries, Arandas and Ingalamia, 
have been warring against each other for a very long time. Tokimune, a young man belonging to the 8th Autonomous Unit of Arondas, saves a girl, Jamie, when she is attacked by enemy forces. In order to survive, he rides the new weapon, Argvolin, and fights. This anime will be on Crunchyroll, for those of you that um, care about that. Uh, it seems to, roll crunchy. It seems to be an original work. I couldn't come up with any mangas or light novels to my knowledge, but of course somebody will, can always email me and tell me I'm wrong. The trailer looks like a lot of combat, and I was very, very happy to say to see that it looks like a real robot anime. There's no like goofy, like glitter, sh- glitter attack, crazy outer space flying super robots. It's mostly like uh, robots on the ground. Walking around, shooting, shooting like actual bullets. You know, it's more my speed. So, save for a few moments in the trailer that looked a little goofy, like when they clearly showed the a behind this behind the back ass shot of a girl, and then the main character looked at her ass and blushed. You know, a couple silly things that probably wouldn't really happen on a real battlefield. It looks like a very cool mecha show that I think the fans of mecha should should cling on to because we only got a couple mecha shows this season. Uh, that's Shirogane uh, Noishi Argvolen. So, next up. Next up on my list is, uh, it was my number four pick, and this is a show called Glass Lip. This is by Studio PA Works, uh, who did animation production for Angel Beats, The Eccentric Family, and Red Data Girl. This one was pretty uh, high for me, too. It was... Yeah, it, it, it's, it was... Yeah, it was my number four pick, so it's pretty up cram, there for me. <laughs> cram, this anime is gorgeous. Like the yeah. art is insane. I mean, yeah, it looks it, it looks great. I have a I have a theory that PA Works is trying to be the Studio Ghibli for television production mm. uh, because the way they're the people that they choose to uh, to do their music scores and their style of animation and the uh, the the standard of excellence that they tend to hit every time with their. Uh, with their animation, not to mention the fact that uh, they always seem to uh, focus on something that has to do with like Japanese folklore or rural life or something that's very distinctly kind of Ghibli-esque, if you will. Um, the, all they... the light, the light, the lens flares and the light treatment where it's kind of hazy does give me a little bit of Ghibli meets Shinkai, though. I got to oh, yeah. cram, cram this anime. I'm actually wearing an eye patch right now, and I know you can't see, but I'm wearing an eye patch because when I was watching the P- the trailer for this anime, my right eye exploded. Okay, <laughs> that's how good this anime looks. Yeah, it looks it looks good. I I just hope they can get a better script writer than they've been working with. But uh, recently, it's directed by Junji Nishimura, who was the series director for Samurai Deeper Kyo, Ranma One Half, and The Violinist of Hamelin. It uh, and he was also a storyboard artist for Kanan, uh, Full Mono Sagashite, and Gargantia on the Virgilus Planet. Uh, the series composition or the head writer is Junji Nishimura, and also uh, another writer named Mika Sato, who was the script writer for Tari Tari, and that's the only thing that that she I think it's a she that she has done. Tari Tari was project. good. Yeah, I, I watched the first few episodes of it and thought it was pretty well written. So um, hopefully that bodes well for this show as well. Uh, the synopsis is that Toko Fukami's family runs a glass-working business in a small seaside town. She hangs out with her f- four best friends at a cafe called Kazemichi, and during the summer break of their senior year in high school, uh, they meet a transfer student named Kakeru Okikura, who claims that uh, a voice from the future talks to him and that it's led him to Toko. 
His arrival sets off a series of events that will make their final summer together one full of hope and heartache. So it's got a bit of uh, kind of a fantasy, not really science fiction, but kind of a fantasy element to it. Um, integrated into this into this otherwise very kind of slice of life sounding story i'm not terribly taken with the plot synopsis but you know i need something pretty to watch and pa works never ever fails when it comes to visuals so um yeah i i think this might be at the very least a very very pretty show it looks like a slow slice of life show that'll probably have some cute moments that's what i get from the trailer but um the next show, which is another, which is Felix's second pick, is a show that I'm I'm not really sure he knows what he's getting himself into. Oh no! Um, he selected Sengoku Basada Judge End, and I think that well maybe it's good that Felix is is, is working with us a little bit this season because I don't think we ever would have picked a Sengoku Basada show ever nope. between the three of us. Nope. So it's directed by Takashi Sano, whom I could not find a single thing to his name, not even like art director or anything like that. This is the first time this man has ever done anything <laughs> in anime to my knowledge. So um, He just woke uh, up a month ago and said, you know what, I think I want to do something with anime. Here's the deal with, with, with Sengoku Basara. I think that honestly, this show is something that if you watch the prior Sengoku Basara shows, you will probably watch this one. If you didn't, if you if there's not, there's people that watch these shows and people that don't watch them. So yeah. when I whatever I think or say about the the anime, it makes no difference at all. But it's basically based on a on Capcom's 2010 game Sengoku Basara Three, Samurai Heroes, and it will depict the battle of Sekigahara. So, which has been done in anime a few a few times before, anyway. It's the third installment in the Sengoku Basara franchise. Um, all I have to say is, what what is the rule about anime based on games and card games and yeah. pachinko machines and you know? They generally suck. So I don't. But we're not opinionated. I wouldn't really <laughs> expect this show to pass for the for the full season reviews, but. I think it's interesting that we're at least going to do an impression on it later. Yeah. So, I mean, these shows normally get skipped over. So, All right, Chiaki, what do you got for your number three show that's, what, like your number three pick? So, so spoiled. this was my number four pick. My number five pick was skipped over, which I won't say what it was. But my number four pick, speaking of pretty anime, was free Eternal oh, Summer. Oh, dear God. I just put on the trailer and immediately... It was just the first thing in the trailer was just four shirtless dudes. All right. It's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. My nip, so, my nips are hard. You know, I actually watched the <laughs> I was I was puttering around on Crunchyroll and I was watching the last episodes of she series that I didn't watch from prior seasons and live tweeting them and laughing at them. And I was like, I never watched free. So I turned on that and I watched the last episode and I thought the last episode was good. So then I watched the episode before it and I ended up watching like half the series because I just kept watching each episode prior because I was interested in the abs. Pectorals, (laughs) Um, dripping wet muscles. So you watched the show backwards? I watched the show backwards. What? Because (laughs) I thought the ending was so compelling that... (laughs) Compelling is a good word. That... uh, I wanted to watch the rest of it. Will so, you please wipe the drool off your face? <laughs> My goodness. It's not that bad. I know, it's not really. So, really. Or maybe it is. So Free Eternal Summer is a sequel to 
free Iwatobi Swim Club. It has the exact same staff as the prior free. All, everybody's the same. The the writer, the director, the art director, the sound director. Everyone is on board for season number two. I know they're introducing a new character for this season, and I'm not too worried having haven't actually watched the whole season all the first season all the way through because I watched the last half, and I'm sure it'll be fine. You know, it doesn't matter how good the other shows are that come out this season. I mean, we can have we can have another Cowboy Bebop level show this season. And this anime would, st- I'm calling it right now, this show would still be at the top of the what is your favorite show, according to Japanese girls and boys poll. That's going to come out in like six months. Well, I love that this show is popular. I, don't, I haven't seen it. I don't care. I love that it's popular because right? it, looks, it looks just absolutely ridiculous. And it's, <laughs> it's a balancing thing. Like we, There's so much kind of male gazy garbage out there in anime that I think we need to be a bit more egalitarian and about. And you, know, you know, that's my thing. There's so many like just ogles for boys it's time for girls to have an ogle show i don't know cram yes. i mean the entire yaoi genre is for girls yeah there's a lot n- of that n- nothing like that gets this popular free is popular enough to have like entire sections at kotobukiya that's popular no, oh, i know and that I'm, i know that trust me trust me i know anyway so, so we're gonna move on anyway so the next anime on that i'm doing on my list here it was my number five pick, so not too bad. As I said, we all pretty much got what we wanted. This anime is called Rail Wars. Rail, this one Rail interested Wars. me. Uh, what? Uh, it's, <laughs> maybe it's good. It's directed by uh, Sueda Yoshifumi, who did Hero Man. And um, generally speaking, the, the original creator is, doesn't have much to his name. His name's uh, um, Toyota Yakumi. He hasn't done much. Uh, the, the production is done by uh, Passion Studios, and the music is done by Yoshiaki Fujisawa, who did The Eccentric Family and Love Live. So, the plot is the, the Dream Railway Paradise Entertainment Company. The story is set in a parallel world where Japan did not privatize national railways. So, like the JR Railway doesn't exist, you know, Tokyo Metro or whatever doesn't exist. So, now Yuki Takayama is an ordinary high school boy, uh-oh, who dreams of a comfortable future working for the top-rated Japanese National Railways. He is assigned as a trainee in the J- railway security force full of odd characters such as Sakurai, a troublemaker who hates men. On top of that, an extremist group called RJ plots to privatize the Japanese National Railways. I think the show looks fun. The trailer, the, the art looks looks pretty nice. It it's probably going to be a fluffy anime. That's sort of, I I can't help but think that there's some kind of an agenda by, behind the show. Like it's going to have some kind of political, socio political message to deliver about about J- J- Japan's transportation or something like that. It it looks like a bunch of goofy people in uniforms fighting crime. Like someone's going to try to steal the train and we're going to fight the guy. And... I do have to say what interested me with this anime is, is just the fact of how integral trains are to Japanese life and culture. And I think it'll be I, I feel like for all of that, they're under focused in anime, aside from being featured in, in slice of life anime as what they are. And every of single life. and every single anime that uh, Makoto Shinkai ever made. Well, yeah, but they're just there as part of life. It's not the center of the story. So. Yeah, it looks like a fun anime that'll probably be episodic where p- 
people in uniforms are going to fight crime, and it's basically a way to promote Japanese transportation and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know. It's worth a shot. So, uh, Cram, what do you got for us? My next pick was my number three pick, and this is one that many people are probably waiting for. Uh, I will be watching Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Crystal. I'm going to be watching that too, Cram. Cram, Cram, did you get all three of your top picks? Uh, I did. I believe I won the dice roll, and I think this is the second or third time in a row that I've won the uh, seasonal pick That's dice it. roll. You're off the podcast. At least you know that I'm not. Oh no! At least you know I'm not cheating. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's true. Um, so this is by Studio Toei Animation, who has done like a gajillion things from like 50 years ago up until now. Um, they did production on Dra- the Dragon Ball franchise, Fist of the North Star, and uh, I thought I'd throw a weird one in there, Kyoso Giga. They also did Kyoso Giga. Uh, this is directed by Munehisa Sakai, who is a director on, appropriately enough, Sweet Precure, uh, and <laughs> and then like the, a couple of One Piece films, One Piece film Strong World, and One Piece Dream Soccer King. And uh, he was also an episode director on One Piece, Heart Catch Precure, and Smile Precure. So uh, this guy seems to have a lot of a lot of experience in Precure. So <laughs> you know. Magical, he knows, I guess he knows Magical Girls and also One Piece. That seems to be his entire oeuvre is working on One Piece and Precure. So I will say for this, for anyone who's also excited about it, that there is a new trailer out, a slightly extended, that features more music now from the show for anyone interested. Oh, good. So, and, and I, cool. I, I watched it and the music is pretty good. Not to interrupt the, you, Cram. <laughs> no, you're fine. The series composition is by Yuji Kobayashi, who was a scriptwriter on Saint Seiya Omega, A Smile Precure, and Sweet Precure. So they've got lots of Precure veterans working on this. So if 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 Sailor Moon ends up just being a Precure with a different mask, then I think some people might be upset. Uh, but the synopsis for anyone who doesn't know what the synopsis of Sailor Moon is is Usagi Tsukino was a normal second year middle school girl whose own life changes one day when she encounters a black cat. The cat's name is Luna, who can talk and bears a crescent moon on her forehead. Luna tells Usagi that she is the chosen guardian of justice with the power to transform into Sailor Moon. Usagi now has a new responsibility, which is the mission to find the illusionary silver crystal, as well as the other chosen guardians to protect the moon princess. During her mission, she must deal with various enemies sent by Queen Beryl, who is uh, also after the illusionary silver crystal. And uh, I, we uh, find herself a, a man. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Uh, the, uh, basically, I, I've talked about my thoughts on the first trailer. I think the second trailer is gives me a little bit more hope, but not much more. I'm not really a fan of the look of the show so far. Um, I know it's a, it's really, really close to how the manga looks, and I think that's uh, maybe laudable if it's a, if only because it's a little brave, because it's kind of ugly. It's a little bit ugly to me. Um, and the bi-weekly release schedule has me kind of concerned. So we're not actually going to have a an impression of this for, uh, I guess, six weeks instead of the usual weird. three. That's, that's the earliest that we'll be able to have our impression. Cram. And it is weird, and it kind of bothers me. Cram, I just sat here and and I think what I'm showing in the, in the, in the to our to our 110 eyeballs or whatever is the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Again, I think I'm showing the I, I timed how many seconds of actual animation just now on my, on my phone, my iPhone that, that that this first trailer had. Out of the 90 seconds that this trailer ran, only 20 of them were animated. 
It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I mean, it's 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 clear that uh, it's they've only released what's finished, or they they threw something together uh, because it sounds like their production production schedule is going to be tight, and uh, you know that biweekly release schedule. They're trying to mitigate the problems that 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 they might encounter with that, but still, it doesn't. I don't think it bodes well for the series. I, I just hope beyond a hope that this series is good. All right, I got to move us on. We're really running long. All right, let's um, do it. So Felix's last anime, I'm just going to brush over it because we were talking about whether or not this one this one would even come out before the show started. Um, his number one pick was Nobunaga Concerto. I think that this is a... Nobunaga. A, I think that it sounds like an artsy anime, which is why Felix probably wanted to watch it. It's um, Most of the staff is, generally speaking, not very recognizable. The plot is the story centers around uh, Saburo, a high school boy who spent who time travels to Japan Sengoku era. He must become Nobunaga Oda, the famed warlord who helps unite Japan. <laughs> You're Nobunaga. You're Nobunaga. Everybody's Nobunaga. I understand why he picked this. I think it sounds artsy. It looks artsy. The art, the art is a little bit interesting. What I will say about the anime is that this is about the hundredth time that Nobunaga has been featured either in the title of an anime or in the anime itself. And most of these anime that he's in are not very good. I sort of feel bad for Nobunaga because someone out there thinks that just some random high school boy can go back to the past and become someone that's epic enough to unify Japan. <laughs> it's kind of like saying, oh, let's just pick a random middle schooler from America. He can be George Washington. You know what I mean? It's like ridiculous. But, um... Nobunaga Concerto, it could be a good show. It doesn't look like normal Nobunaga bullcrap, but I don't know. We'll see how good it is. Got to move us along. Chiaki, you're up. All right. My next one, which was my number three pick, is Gekkan Shoujo Nozaki-kun. And it's a romantic comedy about a high school student, Sakura Chiyo, and she goes and she confesses her feelings to a classmate, Nozaki. Um, Nozaki, excuse me. But due to a misunderstanding, as it always is, he thinks that she's just a fan of his shoujo manga work. So she has to convey her true feelings while her relationship with him develops. So really, this one was I'm kind of in the mood for romance, I think. I think it's summertime and I think I want my summertime fling, my summer romance. And isn't that what springtime's for? No, summer flings. You go away for summer vacation and oh, okay, have a fling, whatever. come ah. home. Ah. It's based off of a manga that started back in 2011 with four volumes. I'm not worried about the fact that it's still unfinished because it's a romantic comedy. So, you know, what they'll do with it. The studio is uh, Dolga Kobol, which I haven't really heard of. When, when I saw the name, I was kind of like, Dolga Kobol? What have they done? Um... But they have done they have done a couple a couple of things. Um, they did Eleven Eyes. They did Man Girl. <laughs> they did yeah, Majestic. I Prince. thought they sounded familiar. So so they did Kid Love God. Lab. So they've done comedy. They've done romance, and they've done a couple things. The director hasn't really directed anything. Now they've been episode director and an assistant director on really well known things like Bleach. And um, Moaru Penguin Drum. They were an assistant director for Moaru, which makes me feel good. However, the only other directorial credit to their name was Hakenden. So I don't really know what to think about this one. But 
I'm hoping it's cute. I really just wanted cute with this. So what was the title again? The title again was Gekkan Shoujo Nozaki Kun. Okay. Are we ready to move on? Ready to move on. So my number three pick, it was almost like a joke pick, to be honest. I put it on here because I wanted just to purposely sort of be spiteful and burn down the people that, that would like a show like this, and I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there like it. <laughs> You're so mean. I am. I'm an asshole. So my number three pick is Kantai Collection, and that is normally a show that I wouldn't even put on my list of 15, but um, it's the director is Kusakawa Keizo, who's done a lot of stuff. He did, he did Akum, Akuma no Riddle, Asura Cryan, Mohoj Shoujo, Lyric Wananaha A's, and Strikers, Sekide, Rokubu, and others. He's pretty, pretty out. He's, he's experienced. The production is done, done, done by uh, Diomeda, who did Akuma no Riddle also. The plot is, it's based on a Japanese free-to-play online card game developed by Kadokawa Games. Game was published in April 2013. Game has 2 million registered users in Japan, and there's also a Vita, PlayStation Vita game announced. So, it's Kantai Collection. This show is basically a show about, I guess, battleships that fight and their little girls, which is basically what Arpeggio of Blue Steel was, in, in essence. So, it's a, yet another show where battleships are personified as little girls, except it looks like there's a lot more of them in this, like, like 50 of them, or maybe... Um, I think that while the game the game doesn't really have a particular storyline and it focuses largely on gameplay, each of the official media works feature various settings with different with separate and different canons. Not only do the stories differ, but also the depictions and interpretations of fleet girls and the manner in which they engage in combat. The game does not strictly define anything relating to its setting, allowing for greater diversity of secondary literary adaption, which um, which caters to different audiences. So it's just a, an anime where girls wearing like tight pants are gonna fight and be battleships, and I'm gonna make fun of it in three in like three weeks. So I am shocked that you picked this show. Oh, I, I told you why I did it. I, I knew when yeah, I because you're an I'm, awful human being. Because I want to to destroy everyone's spirits and cast an anime into anime hell. See, here's the difference the between you Mitsugi, and the problem is is that this the show is going to destroy your spirits first. No, it won't. Here's the difference between you and me, you and I, Mitsugi. I pick a show that I know isn't very good because I want to enjoy myself. You pick a show that you know isn't very good because you want to make other people feel bad about enjoying themselves. Well, I have to do a service somewhere in the world. What? Okay, so, uh, so, so, Cram, your turn. Uh, my number two pick was Tokyo Ghoul, which kind of surprised me. It uh, kind of crept up on me. It looks good to me. Uh, this is by, yeah, it's uh, by Studio Piero, who did animation production on Bleach, Dalos, the very first uh, OVA, and Hikaru no Go. It is directed by Shuhei Morita, who was a director on a bunch of little projects like uh, Koisent and Freedom and Tsukumo, which was nominated for the Best Animated Short in the 2014 Academy Awards Ceremony under the name Possessions. I believe the, they, they changed the title to Possessions. Uh, the series composition or a lead scriptwriter is by Chuji Mikasano, who has no other credits at all. So uh, I'm, I'm curious about how that's going to go. 
Uh, the, syn- the synopsis is that Ken Kaneki is a bookworm college student who meets a girl named Dize at a cafe he frequents. They're the same age and have the same interests, so they quickly become close. Little does Kaneki know that Dize is a ghoul, a kind of monster that lives by hunting and devouring human flesh. When part of her special organ, the quote-unquote red child, is transplanted into Kaneki, uh, he becomes a ghoul himself, trapped in a warped world where humans are not the top of the food chain. Uh, the synopsis, when I read the synopsis initially on the on the, the listing of all of the shows for the season, it didn't really stand out to me in any significant way. Uh, but the fact that the director is, you know, Academy Award nominated for for his work on uh, on the short film, which was part of a, a, a compilation, an anthology film called a short piece, I think. Um, knowing that and then watching the trailer, the trailer looks great yeah, it, it does super creative and dark and it's got some really nice animation going on and it looks got like it's, it's got some really cool action so uh i think this could be uh like um this might sneak up on everybody i didn't hear i hadn't heard anything about this before apparently it's based on a manga uh but uh, i think it could be really good i'm hoping it's really good because it's it's my number two pick for the season i agree that this anime is going to be good I, I i think it will be i'm definitely going to be watching this one i disagree though that it's going to sneak up on people i think this is one of the ones that people knew about because of the manga oh really i didn't i didn't i hadn't heard about it so but um secret 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 to me i hope it's uh i hope it's good though yeah i mean it looks super dark and really violent and just like like uh wicked city or you know one of those like 80s anime where people just kill each other all the time i don't know mm-hmm. looks pretty cool anyway chiaki yep. your number one pick are you, are you are you done are you done cram yeah yeah i'm done all right this is chiaki's number one pick so we're now on we're now on the quote unquote top anime for the season this is my number one pick which was actually my number two pick because I didn't get my number Aww, one poor pick Chiaki. thanks Cram sorry. Um, we, we, sorry. We, I think we all wanted the same anime yeah, yeah I so stole it from you we'll get to that in a minute but I think I think this one has promise this anime is Bada Kamon and basically as punishment for punching a famous callig- calligrapher young and handsome calligrapher Honda Seishu is exiled on a small island. So I believe this is set in modern day. I don't think it's set in the past from what I've seen in the PV or if it's set in the past, it's not like super past. So this isn't like calligrapher, you know, Edo period or something. And it is based, he's someone who's never lived outside of the city. And so he has to adapt to life in the island countryside. Wacky neighbors, people traveling on a tractor, unwanted visitors who never use the front door. Hey, that one sounds familiar to living in Japan. Right, Cram? Um, yep. Annoying kids using his home as a playground, etc. So this one really interested me because it looks like kind of that. In, in, in the trailer, I saw a concho. Which yeah, well, which that's is what Japanese kids do culture, and I think stick that, your fingers in other people's butts. Great. Yeah. I think that this really could be a fantastic little fun cultural slice of life. It is based on a manga. There's uh, the manga started back in 2009 and it has eight volumes and it's currently ongoing. Again, I'm not worried that it isn't finished because it's a comedy. And then there was another manga that came out um, called Honda Kun. And that started in 23- October of 2013. So the director has been involved with a fair bit of things. They were also the director for Dot Hat Quantum. They were the director for Tokyo Magnitude 8.0. Uh. And 
That anime was so disappointing. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And they were the director for Legend of Hero Trails in the Sky. So there's they've been involved with a couple of things, but nothing too too mainstream, I would say. While you were doing your review, Baka is dumb in the chat said that Tokyo Ghoul, the private the last one we talked about, makes Akame ga kill look like like flowers and daisies. <laughs> I think maybe you picked a really gritty show, Cram, but that's good. So. That's good. I, I I'll enjoy watching a gritty show. But I, I'm looking forward to my top pick, which is Barakamon because Barakamon. I think it will be I think it'll be good. I hope it will be. Okay. Thank you, Chiaki. You're welcome, Itsugi. So my number one pick I am very excited for. A couple people on the forum guessed it correctly when I asked them if they could predict what our top shows would be. So they know me very well. This next show is something that fans of the Fate Fate Zero series should um, really be preparing themselves for. This show is called Ald Noah Zero. And the reason why I say that is because the director, the original creator, the um, the music, they're like half of the staff. It was the exact same people that, that did Fate Zero. So the director is Ao is A Aoki who did Fate Zero, Ho Hodo Musuko, God A Zero, part of Kadano Kyokai. The original creator is Gen Urobuchi, who was literally the creator of Fate Zero. Um, it has. Music by Hiroki Sawano and the theme song by Calafina. And in case you guys don't know who who uh, Hiroyuki Sawano is, he's really, really up and coming. He did the music for Attack on Titan, Blue Exorcist, Kill a Kill. Um, and of course, Calafina did pretty much all the theme music for the original Fate Zero and uh, Fate Zero 2. So this anime is... it's. It's like um, you know, it's like when the when the staff from Gurren Lagann goes to make the the Kill a Kill anime. This is like the staff from Fate Zero went and they made a mech anime called Ald Noah Zero. Ald Noah Zero is and the plot is in 1972, a hypergate was discovered on the surface of the moon, and humanity began migrating to Mars and settling there. However, eventually the seeds of war were sown, and then the war breaks between humans on Earth and those who immigrated to Mars. So it sounds a, li- a little bit like the plot of, uh, what was it? Um, oh, that last Gundam show that no one liked, Gundam Age. Literally, that was what the Gundam Age was about, people on Mars fighting people on Earth. But um, it, I, I did see some hints of some school stuff in the trailer. I was a little bit wary, wary of that. You know, we had a lot of, we had some classroom shots, people... Students watching other people train using their mechs. You know, that kind of crap worries me because it makes me feel like they're going to sort of suck us into, you know, a five or six episode spin where we just, you know, do school activities. But you never know. I thought the trailer looks really good. It clearly is an action-packed show that looks a lot more real robot than super robot, so I'm, all, of course, on board there. Um, it looks great. It has it has some CG in it. Um, I think that people that, like, just flat out hate CG will probably not appreciate that because it looks like most of the mechas or the mechs are, are done in CG. Um, it doesn't bother me particularly. I, I think they look they look okay. They don't look great. But um, I'm really looking forward to this show. I think that I'm super excited for it. This is my second mecha show. I tend to pick mecha anime because they tend to be more serious. All Noah Zero is the new Fate Zero, apparently. They both have Zero in the title too. I just realized that. That's weird. So. Very cool. Um, right. my, 
my number one pick is uh, I hope I hope it ends up being the best show of the the season. I kind of think it might, uh, but it is a show called Zankyo no Terror. This is by Studio Mappa, the animation production for Hajime no Ippo Rising, which we're reviewing today, uh, Kids on the Slope, and uh, Yume Miru Kikai, which was the unfinished Satoshi Kon project, the, uh, the dream machine. Uh, it is directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, who, of course, is the director of Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, Kids on the Slope, uh, and Space Dandy, uh, as well as some, some short films that are part of various, uh, various anthology films. Uh, the synopsis, uh, very simply, is one summer day, a terrorist attack strikes Tokyo. The perpetrators are two boys who call themselves Sphinx. The attack was just the beginning of the grandiose game they are playing that will envelop all of Japan. Uh, there, I mean, there's no way that I wasn't putting this at the top of my list. I believe it was at the top of both of your lists as well. It was. Actually, actually, this one was, we picked this one, 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 two, and one. Everybody yeah. wanted this show. Yep. Uh, I, I think it's probably going to be really good. This is, uh, of course, Watanabe is teaming up with Yoko Kano again to make the music for the series. I'm really interested in uh, the musical direction of the show because when they team up, it's always something something interesting. I believe, what was the last time they teamed up? It was on... Was it um, Kids on the Slope? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was Kids on the Slope. So um, I'm I'm curious to see if they bring uh, jazz to this or um, or a different musical style. Um, the pedigree behind this project should be enough to to garner interest from anybody, uh, and I, I think that there's not really enough enough that you can say about uh, the potential of this project. Everybody watch this show because it's it, it's yeah. probably going to be great. It looks really good. Yes, it does. Just, just from an animation standpoint, it looks so good. Alright, yeah. so do we want to go over the shows we're, we're covering real quick? Yeah, let's do a quick rundown. And then, did, was that all of Felix's? Did we, yeah. did we yes. do all of his? So okay. why don't we each say the shows we're, 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 we're going to cover and then we'll say why don't we quickly just say what show we're most excited for. Okay. okay. And just so everyone knows, I will put up a written list of all the shows each of us are covering on the post that goes with this show entry on our website if you want to see it on paper. So I'm covering Akame Ga Kill, Shirogane no Ishi Argvolen, Rail Wars, Kontai Collection, and Ald Noah Zero. And, and I think that I'm probably most excited for... Uh, I'm really excited for Ald Noah, but I'm going to go with Zonkyo no Terror. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> My shows were Barakamon, Genkan Shoujo no Zaki-kun, Free Eternal Summer, Kuroshitsuji Book of Circus, and Hanamonogatari. And of the ones that I got, I think I'm most excited for Free, because I know it won't let me down you for girl. what it is. But of the ones that I didn't get, it has to be the... Uh, Zankyo no Terror or Sailor Moon Crystal. Um, Felix picked Tokyo ESP, Sengoku Basara, uh, Judge And, and uh, Nobunaga Concerto. So, and I don't know what he's most excited for, but maybe he'll tell us later. And my picks were Aoharu Ride, uh, Pretty, Guard Pretty Guardian, Sailor Moon Crystal, Tokyo Ghoul, uh, and Zankyo no Terror, and of course, of course, the one I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Kantai Collection. No, no, uh, Zankyo no Terror. Sorry. <laughs> I knew that. Oh, cram! Come on, you can't hide it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Zankyo no Terror. Um, this is the summer of Watanabe, guys. We get we get two Watanabe shows this summer. It's never going to happen again. So, 
we we better appreciate it. It's like a solar eclipse. Total eclipse of the heart. Can I, I can I quickly one. can I quickly offer a retraction from earlier in the show? I uh, I unfortunately killed an actor that I didn't intend to kill. Uh, the actor by the name of Darius Love was actually the actor I was thinking of from the Secret World of Alex Mack, and he is very much alive and well. Oh. And, and and also that show was on Nickelodeon, not Disney Channel, as I said. You're just messing yeah. everything up. The actor I was thinking of was Lee Thompson Young, who was, in fact, from the famous Jet Jackson on the Disney Channel. And he unfortunately did pass away last year. Uh, apologies to Darius Love and uh, Lee Thompson Young. Rest in peace. <laughs> All right. We're going to take another anime news break. And when we come back, we will have a review on the show Hajime no Ippo Rising. So don't go anywhere. We also have a poll question. Oh, right. The poll was, which host do you think did the best job drafting their anime? And, of course, the options are Mitsugi, Chiaki, Karam, and Felix. So I know it'll be me. Don't worry about it. You don't even I have think to it's put gonna it out be, there. I think it's going to be Cram. <laughs> but it'll probably be Cram. All right. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in a minute. Hey all you anime addicts, this is Chiaki and this is your anime news break. First up, we know it's no secret that those who love anime span all walks of life and all occupations. Well, we've had most recent proof with the current World Cup soccer tournament, or if you're not in America, football. A midfielder, Walter Gargano, has recently posted photos on his Instagram account of his shin guards. And while everyone has their own lucky charm, it seems that his is Saiyan's. On his shin guards, there's a picture of Piccolo, Gohan, Goku, and probably what we can assume to be wrapping around on the other side, Vegeta, and or other Dragon Ball Z characters right there on his shin guards. He last played in Uruguay's June 14th match against Costa Rica, where they lost 3-1. Their next match will be on June 28th against Colombia, so we can see if the, if the Saiyan Shin Guards make an appearance. In other news, Team NACS is a Hokkaido-based acting group, and they've recently been slated to join the cast of Studio Ghibli's new movie, When Marnie Was There. Morisaki will voice an art teacher, Oizumi will voice Dr. Yamashita, Yasuda will voice Toichi, Oto will voice the Neighborhood Association Officer, and Totsugi will voice a gentleman. You can see pictures of all of this acting group, as well as their other work that they've done for Ghibli in Spirited Away, as well as Howl's Moving Castle. In a past episode, we casted our dream casts for anime live ad- action adaptation movies, now, this was inspired by the cast photos revealed for the new live-action Loop on the Third movie. If you want to see this cast in action, well, on YouTube now, there is an official live-action trailer. It features the new instrumental theme song by Tomoyasu Hote, and the actors look just as good on moving camera as they did on still. Another news for those of you who can't get enough of sexy shirtless swimming boys well crunchyroll has your back they've recently announced that they will be streaming free eternal summer the second season of kyoto animations free iwatobi iwatobi swim club anime the streams will start on july 2nd at 11:30 a.m eastern standard for premium members followed by streams for free members a week later 
And finally, if you're looking for any more reasons to make a trip out to Japan, you might want to mark your calendars for spring of 2016. Plans have recently surfaced for Warasco, or W R A S C O, which is a new anime and manga theme park. It will be located in It will be opening up in Sendai along Japan's National Route 286. The current plan has it taking up about 3.5 hectares or 8.6 acres. This was Chiaki and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. A Sailor Moon toast controversy? I, 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 I thought that the, I thought you were joking. I mean,、no. but for reals, there's a boycott. Oh my gosh, people! It's Sailor Moon. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, that, that was not、it. that was not her defining feature. I, I'm sorry. The the defining feature in Sailor Moon to me is meatball. Okay, head. I, I I'm 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 okay. Gonna, I'm gonna stand I, up. I, I'll be I'll be more upset if Darian doesn't walk in and say, "Hey, meatball head." <laughs> I have to stand up and say, "Shame on you, people!" Because all too long we've had this issue with tropes. We get upset when we see an. <laughs> we get upset when we see another sundere. We get upset when we see the guy fall on the girl accidentally and grab her her chest. And yet, finally, back in the day, yes, there was every single show. We started out with the girl running out the, the door with toast in her mouth. Had toast in her mouth. And we finally got rid of that trope. And now you're complaining because they don't have it in their mouth. We finally killed a trope. <laughs> and you're complaining about it. Hear more at otakuspirit.com. And we're back to the 233rd episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast with some good lead-in music right there. I'm grooving out to I it. I do like this one. I like it. So, who do our listeners think pick the best shows for the season? Okay, so in a in a ridiculous ridiculous comical landslide of a poll, <laughs> there's no other way to describe it. Cram has won the poll with 82 percent of the vote. Good grief! But I will say that I came in second with 12 percent. So Chiaki is bringing up the rear. How much do I have? Very nice. You had a whopping six percent. Well, you know, as far as rears go, I like to,、uh, you know, do it, do it well. I think it's that triple whammy of、uh, Zen- Zankyo no Terror, Tokyo Ghoul, and Sailor Moon that、uh, that Cram's got working for him. So yeah. yeah, I think that probably did it. So nice job there. Th- Thank th- you. I think you won last time, also. <laughs> I I may have. Anyway, so Cram and I are going to be talking about an anime called Hajime no Ippo, which is a show that is pretty dear to my heart, I think, but. Well, I feel the same way about this season as I did about the last seasons of the show. Hajime no Ippo is probably one of the most famous manga in Japan. I don't have a list of the top-selling manga of all time, or just off the top of my head, but I but it's it's got to be up there in the top twenty. Actually, yeah, I'd lo- actually I'd love to see if Chiaki can find that for me while I'm talking Already about it. Already doing it. But that manga has been running for fourteen years. It started in two thousand, and it has been running ever since. So there's about. Seven million volumes of it, and、uh, there has been a few anime series made after the show. There is, oh, sorry, actually, let me go back and check the date on that manga. It started airing in, oh, sorry, 1989. So that's my bad. I was looking at the anime. It's been running since 1989, so that's 25、wow. years. So okay, so so what else? So what do we got here, Chiaki? So for best-selling. 
it did it has not crossed the threshold of the elite 100 million copies okay to give you an idea of of manga that have crossed that threshold we have manga like one piece dragon ball Blackjack, Naruto, Slam Dunk, Astro Boy, Doraemon. Right. Okay, so where is Hajime no Ippo in relation Hajime to this? Hajime no Ippo is the highest oh, that's wow. not on the le- that's not on that list with 105 collected volumes starting in serialization 1989. Yeah. It has 94 million sales. Oh, so, so it's, it's just shy. It's just shy of Touch, which is a really popular sports manga. Anyway, so it's super elite, 94 million copies only. <laughs> it'll yeah, get right? there. It'll, it'll join the club. Yeah, so it, will. it will. Anyway, so the, 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 anime, the original anime started in 2000. It ran for 76 episodes. And then we had another season of the anime, which continued the manga, which was, in, which, which was, in, which was 10 years later in, two, in 2009, which people, I think people were, sh- were stunned that there was another anime. I know I was. Um, that was called New Challenger. That one only ran for 26 episodes. And now we basically had the very newest one, which came just a f- three or four years later from that, 2013, was Hajime Ippo Rising, which basically just continues the story where it left off in the manga. So, you know. As long as I've known you, and I've known you now for a long time, Mitsugi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've always loved Hajime no Ippo. Yeah. Like, from the moment I met you, that was on your list with, like, GTO yeah, and sure, sure. Press Banner of the yeah. Stars of, of shows you like. I think that at least in terms of this... Hajime no Ippo is one of the defining anime in the sports genre, especially the first season. It, it, it truly has, like, that rocky feel to it of an underdog that rises up and conquers and... You know, through perseverance and struggle and passion and dedication, he achieves things that no one thought he would. As far as I can see, and I'm I'm not I'm not very well versed in in sports anime and sports manga, but as far as I can see, it feels like a really nice distillation of sports manga tropes that had come before, like before 1989, uh, from things like you know uh, Captain and Hadis no Kaze and stuff like that, um, and and Aim for the Ace. And it's kind of it feels distilled. It feels like the very best of of those elements, uh, just kind of made into a very very successful long running series. Just to add another one to your list, there, I think that the one anime that people definitely draw comparisons to is Ashita no Joe. Oh, which absolutely, was the yeah. prior boxing show. Anyway, so this is a Studio Madhouse anime. Studio Madhouse has been doing it, I think, ever since the original. Uh, it's one of their probably you know one of their most successful and famous anime that they've worked on and this the director of this season is the same guy that did the last season shishido jun and um i think that i cram and i have had this conversation a couple times because i think that we come into this from different perspectives so i am a sports fan who has seen everything that hajime Hajime Ippo has put out including the ovas how would and you, I, I am yeah. not a sports fan, uh, it, generally, uh, and the only thing that I, I've read or seen of Hajime no Ippo before watching this, uh, this season uh, was the first volume of the manga, and I read it in Japanese as a study exercise. Okay, so you saw the first, you read the first volume of the manga, which probably didn't cover very much of the actual, I'm not really sure how many volumes of the manga the first you know, 75 episodes of the anime covers, but it's probably not very many. So No, not very many. So you and I come from, come from complete polar opposites when it comes to this. And 
I do admit that this was probably not a good show for you to try to jump into because it it really is just a continuation of the manga. Like they're not trying to set up a new story. They're not the the manga is you know it's as if you turn to the page and a new anime started, right? Right. So, I, I don't I don't I didn't have any problems understanding the show and understanding what was going on, but I did feel like there were some holes in my experience that had had more than likely been filled by previous you know series because if you count the number of episodes of the show that have occurred before this season, what is it? Almost a hundred. It's or something like that. About 105 or something like that. Yeah. 100, 105 episodes that I didn't see before starting this series. So obviously there's some uh, emotional gaps in, you know, character development right. and stuff like that that I missed. But I certainly didn't knock the show for for not developing characters that I'm sure it's already developed, you know. Right. And that's part of the, and, that, and like I said, that's part of the problem that I think that you or some or another person jumping into this new season will probably, you know, suffer from is you haven't really developed sure. the emotion behind the characters. I mean, the most emotionally charged scene out of the entire franchise so far is definitely the the fight with uh, Sendel at the end of the first season of the anime. Okay. Like right, at, like from episode like seventy one to seventy five is just some of the most. It's like it's like the point where Rocky wins the fight or, or he goes the distance and Rocky won. You know, mm. so you know that it'd be like watching Rocky six without having watched the original Rocky. But anyway, so um, this show I think breaks down into a couple. You can definitely break this show down into like art individual arcs. There's the first arc where Ippo fights Sawa, not Sawamoto, um, his name's... The Fisherman Guy. The Fisherman Guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his That's all is, I remember about his him. His name is Shima Bukuro. Shima and Bukuro, okay. I thought, personally, I, th- I think maybe we can just cover the, this review in arcs, maybe. Sure. I, I thought the first arc was incredibly weak, the first two episodes. Uh, I did too, and I had some concerns that I wanted to ask you about since you know you've seen all of the series. Uh, one of my main concerns is that they they try to establish uh, this Shimabukuro guy as having some kind of connection to Ippo by virtue of the fact that he is a he's a fisherman, and uh, Ippo's father was a fisherman, and Ippo's father apparently tragically died or was lost at sea when he was a, a child. Right, and they present this information. For Ippo's character, uh, you know the fact that his father was tragically lost at sea. They present it as new information about the character, uh, and I want to know if if you had known that before. Was that was that known prior to this uh, this revelation? Absolutely. They are. They completely already go through the uh, Ippo's father died. Ippo helps his mother run the run their fishing business. They barely can keep it on the keep it afloat. You know, not to okay. not to use a, use a pun. That's. That's good because <laughs> it was a good pun, though. Uh, that's good because I was concerned the way it was presented. It felt like they were presenting that information for the first time, and it concerned me because I didn't know if you know we're like 105 episodes into this long-running series, and we just found out that the main character's father tragically died at sea. It's, it seemed like a really important detail to just now bring up, but it, I'm glad that you know they brought it up before. Yeah, I, I, I really thought that that was completely unnecessary. I, if you're just if you're really if, if you're really intending this show to be just a flat continuation of, of, of the manga, then we didn't need to have that in there. I don't know I don't know if it was in the manga or not. I mean, it's possible that the manga took a break back in, like, the 90s, and they came back and did that again for new, for, you know, for just to kind of cover something that, that they thought people might yeah. not remember. 
But I do understand the logic behind it from a storytelling perspective because you know you have a couple of years between seasons and you're you're creating a, a series based on a manga and the manga for this arc probably came out ten years ago or or maybe more recently than that but um, I think that tr- trying to start the series with a quick like one two punch no pun intended of uh of setting up a character and having haji or having ipo fight somebody within the, like the first three episodes was the best way to go it would kind of, you know trying to start the series with a bang um but uh, i i do feel that it was kind of underdeveloped and a little bit weak it, it didn't feel um as important as maybe the show wanted it to feel I also thought that the actual that the actual fight was kind of lame. They did yeah. this like um, imaginary thing where Ipo was quote unquote drowning during the fight because Shimabukuro was using this fighting technique that made it difficult for Ipo to breathe and it made it feel like he was you know drowning underwater. Um, and that is they don't they hadn't done that in the anime before. There was not ne- there was never this like in this fictional injection into the fight where you'd where you'd where like a guy a guy would turn into like a tiger because he was intense or like somebody would be drowning in the water because they were having trouble breathing or right they I, never I did that like, before in the anime it was totally new to me and i was like oh my god what is this when i watched it i, I did feel like it was uh, a, a bit a bit over the top for um and like that that the fact that it happens so early in this series too, and I'm, I, you know, I'm basically a virgin when it comes to Hajime no Ippo, um, I felt that even later in the series, the the fact that they have like special moves and stuff like that, that you know, remind me of the fact that you know, basically every sports show I've ever seen, basically not everyone, but basically everyone is just a, a different version of a shonen show. Um, that the the way they they implement like special moves and stuff like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. And to start off the series with this whole thing about, you know, you know, you feel like you're at the bottom of the ocean, but I was born under the ocean. I'm part of the ocean and that kind of stuff. It felt really yeah. melodramatic and, and over the top. And it, I, it, it didn't work on me. It was surprising for me. I mean, the, the most the most fictional thing that happens in the original 75 episodes is that when a person is kind of pushed past their limit in a fight, and this happens in the Sendo fight, Somebody will like maybe become semi unconscious, and they'll get like this green glint in their eyes, where you know yeah. that they're kind of fighting unconsciously. And they did that in the, they did that in this and this season a few times, but in the yeah. original that didn't come up until like episode seventy or something. And when it happened, it was like oh shit, like something is happening because most of the original series didn't have any of this fictional type, you know, Prince of Tennis, I can hit ten tennis balls at once type of bullcrap in it. It was right. it was very simple. You know, Epo develops this this his Dempsey role, but he doesn't even know that he's developing a move that some guy that some old that some guy who retired years ago used. And there was never really any of that super shonen fighting in the in the in the in Epo. And I, I don't really think that they did a whole lot of that in Rising, but I think that the I'm sure I can see how the you know you're drowning underwater because I'm a fisherman or whatever maybe felt like that. I, I understand that. Yeah. But as far as the first arc goes, that's only the first three episodes, and they get through it pretty quick. Yeah, they do. um, Yeah. You want to move on? Yeah. So the second arc is about some of the other characters, such as Aoki, and they're sort of... They've always been side characters in Ippo, and Aoki is usually only used in the show for comedy, for, you know, comedic relief or whatever. But they give him about, what, five episodes? Or so it's uh, yeah it, something like that. It was a little bit disappointing for me again to go from 
this fisherman guy to Aoki because it felt like they were sort of doing two lame back-to-back arcs and I kind of feel like maybe we caught we we caught the manga at like a lull in this season the, the thing that I appreciated the most out of the the Alki arc honestly was uh, something that's probably you know his girlfriend probably came up episodes and episodes and episodes ago probably the first season of course um, she, but I, appre- I appreciate the fact uh, yeah I appreciate the fact that they have an adult sexual relationship and it's not taboo or weird and kind of you know they don't do the anime thing where it's like oh we don't we don't kiss or anything we can't even hold hands but no they're adults and they have sex and that's okay because that's what adults in relationships do right um, amen I did to it. that I appreciated that um I, I don't know that I, I like that they make such a big deal out of her being ugly. That's a joke um, in the that's a joke in the original show also. It's just yeah part of the humor of it. I don't know. Like I said, Alki is comedic comedy relief usually. It didn't land with me uh, particularly well. I it, it kind it made me a little bit uncomfortable, but um, you know I I do appreciate their relationship. But I don't think that his. I don't think he had any real life drama that's paralleled inside the boxing ring and ultimately that comes to my biggest uh, uh, complaint about the show is that everything about boxing is insular to boxing Um, but I can talk about that a little bit more as we go on because it it comes back up anyway I didn't love the second arc either I thought that it was kind of a a poor way to start the show but um, neither of these arcs are are, are major in in this particular season so I think we should move on Um, the it's it's interesting that you talked about how they sort of do a bad job of connecting the out of the out of the ring emotion to the to the fights or whatever, because mm-hmm. I always thought that Hajimino Ipo was sort of I I would call, I call it the king of the build up, and I, I called it that when I reviewed the original show because Hajimino Ipo was always a show that had this very formulaic way of balancing the 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 number of episodes and the amount of time they spent building up a fight with the amount of time they spent in the ring. And it was always something like maybe if, if, if they spent three episodes building up this match, then they would spend three or four episodes on the fight. And by the time that the fight started, like the buildup was almost more, more exciting than, than the fight because by the time you got to the fight, you wanted to see it so badly. And that was, that was the thing that Ippo always did a really fantastic job of, even back in New Challenger, the second season. Even after a 10-year gap, they managed to still capture that kind of, kind of anticipation magic and I really thought that the first two seasons of Rising didn't do a, as good of a job of that. I mean, how could they? They were Epo was fighting the fishermen on the in the first episode. I mean, there was no right. way that they could have that they can do that. But the third arc I know that you don't I know that I know that you didn't really like the the, the villainous character in the third arc Savamuda. So mustache twirly. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought that the I thought that the build up they did in the third arc sort of returned to some of the some of the magic that the show had used in its previous seasons to make you hate and want a fight to happen so badly that it was just something I was I almost skipped watching a few episodes because I wanted to watch the whole fight at once but I ended up not being able to stand it I couldn't do it because I hated Samomoto so much by the third arc, and they sort of painted this picture where Ippo couldn't possibly win the fight because Samomoto had figured out a way that to, to beat Ippo's Dempsey role and had discovered his weakness. And it was more, again, again about Ippo overcoming a challenge that he had in front of him. And I thought the third arc was one of the best fights that they had in Ippo, even going I, back I, to the beginning. And the the one, I mean, there are many reasons that the Salamuda arc didn't really 
work for me. Not to say that any of it was bad. I, I don't think there's anything in the show that's straight out bad. Um, but the thing about the Salamuda arc that really didn't work for me is not only is he really, really blatantly on the nose evil. Like they, if they had just given him a little pencil mustache for him to, <laughs> to twirl, it would have been perfect. Um, I mean, the dude is basically a. I mean, he's a potential serial killing vampire. Oh my like the, God. That's basically what he is. His coach has to stop him from just murdering someone, <laughs> a stranger in cold blood in a back alley with a knife. And when he stops, he, lick, he he likes licking other people's blood off of, you know, inanimate objects and his fingers and things like that. Like the dude is psycho. And his manager is under the impression that if he can just basically get his ass kicked by Epo, that he can understand the value of, of becoming strong and the value of whatever, the value of whatever, right? Um, the guy doesn't need an ass kicking, though. He needs a straight jacket and a therapist because <laughs> he's, just, he's just fundamentally broken, right? So yeah, He's pretty crazy. I mean, he needs to be in a... He's, he's absolutely antipathetic. He's like to me, stabbing though. his meat, like his. He's like, I want my meat to be tender, and he stabs the meat, and they show him like, like ripping, chewing up the steak in the most disgusting way possible. And <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, it, it's a little over the like, top. Like I, I, I don't, I don't care for him at all because he's just so obvious. Like he's so on the nose. Um, I, I like a little bit more nuance in, in my in my character building, and it's not like they couldn't have done that. They totally could, but they did. They decided. To make Epo fight Dracula, so you know, I, I mean, there, I guess there's something to say about that. Um, but you know, the, the the other thing is that they they don't really. When I talk about the boxing or the sport in a sports film or a sports show, uh, paralleling drama in real life, what I'm talking about is drama in real life that has nothing to do with boxing. So, for example, the easiest comparison is probably in in a film like Rocky. I love Rocky. I don't care about boxing at all. I generally don't like sports, but I love the film Rocky because his path in life, you know, his path to get the girl, his path to not be a bum, his path to get out of the rut that he's in because he's just he's he's nothing, he's nobody and he wants to be somebody. The point the whole point of the film is boxing represents him going the distance and the ending of Rocky spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Rocky uh, but he doesn't win because winning is not the point it's going the distance to to quote the immortal Michael Bolton you've got to go the distance right so I, I think that, good song. that it is a pretty good song <laughs> I'm unabashedly a fan of Michael Bolton um, I think that Ippo kind of it it doesn't really focus on this. It, it's too interested in framing uh, boxing as the focal point of the show. Like if if you don't like boxing, then there's a lot of stuff on the sh in the show that's just not going to land for wow. you. They talk about techniques. They talk about training techniques. They talk about the moves in boxing. They talk about yeah, percentages well. and numbers and number crunching and that kind of stuff. And that stuff never works for me because I don't care. I want character drama. Cram, cram, cram you. you this is again. This is again a, a product of you not watching the original show. Because Maybe in some ways, yes. Because you read you read the original Epo manga, so you know that it's a story about a boy who is just down in life. His father is dead. He's barely keeping his mom's business alive by doing all this hard labor after work after school, and he's bullied in school, and he's just like at this end of his rope. And he finds like strength, and and you know what is strength, and finds a way to like rise up and, and you know in himself you know as a character and that's what that the original sounds, Epo is about 
that sounds great. And I have no doubt in my mind that the first series I probably would love. I, I probably would think it was great uh, because it is all of those things that a really great sports series. It sounds like anyway, what all a great what all of these great sports series great sports films should be and for many of these I know it's become a trope and it's become over overused but it's an underdog story it's about someone finding his path in life and using the sport as a metaphor for those struggles and the sport is really secondary or sometimes even tertiary to you know dramas that are presented in the character's real life and the sports provides a dramatic focal point for those those uh, you know those kind of pieces of drama or melodrama and in Epo in this series of Epo, he's already the champion. He's not the underdog. Everybody he faces is the underdog. So you don't have you've lost that element right there. And I th- I think that because of you know the various things that you lose by making Epo an ongoing series, um, like you said, I, I think that the show in more than one way has kind of lost w- whatever magic it it probably had at some point. And you're rooting for these characters because you know them not because there's any kind of really interesting drama to latch on to anymore because it's all it's all I mean it's you know a hundred episodes old now like you you know these characters you know their drama so you root for them regardless anyway so someone in the chat made a comment that I totally agree with blue sapphire wolf said that when when Sawamura throws the punch and hits Kumi you know Ipo's sort of pseudo girlfriend yeah. He said, I wanted to see Epo destroy him. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and I yeah, totally, <laughs> I think that, I mean, the, I bought into the buildup before the fight. I, I mean, I know that you're, I know that you think the, the villain was cheesy, but I bought into the buildup and I thought the actual fight itself was great also. But I think we should move on because we haven't gotten to the best part of the show yet. And I we have a couple of arcs to go through. I, I know you guys are, are slowly going through this, but I actually watched a couple episodes, and the couple episodes that I saw, I saw a little bit of Mr. Demon, Dracula, evil of evil guy. But then I saw I maybe Dracula. the one after where it was the coach and it was no the no we're not we're not that far yet you're doing, you're getting ahead you of yourself. guys are going so slow well we got one <laughs> we, got, we got one more arc which is takamura and and david eagle well you need right. to get to the, the best American. part of the show we'll get there okay. so oh, also um someone in the chat i'm sorry i can't remember who it was um I, I, they they scrolled past but someone in the chat actually made a good point that i that i failed to mention and that is that they do explain the joke with the ugly girlfriend Aoki's ugly girlfriend in the first season and the joke is that it's a known fact that Aoki likes ugly girls that's his thing so and they make fun of him because they think it's weird that he likes ugly Mitsugi, girls Mitsugi but. beauty is in the eye of the beholder <laughs> well but there is an explanation behind the jokes anyway so the third arc is a follow up on something that happened in New Challenger which I again imagine that you didn't really get very much from because you haven't seen mm-hmm. New Challenger but I understood that they were old rivals or they were old. Uh, it was kind of an old thing coming back up. I understood that much, but it, the details, no, I didn't know. So David Eagle is like the world champion Olympic boxer from America, and he is coming to Japan to chal- in the international arena because Takamura has moved on from Japan. He's like He's the world champion. I think he's heavyweight or middleweight. I can't remember, but he's a couple weight classes ahead of Epo and he's the world champion and he beat down um Hawk a guy from the last season really really badly to the point where Hawk just couldn't fight anymore he retired um 
And David Eagle is coming to Japan to sort of avenge his friend, I guess, even though Hawk was an asshole. So, so um, there's Hawk, and now it's Eagle. And David Eagle is like this Olympic champion. He's got blonde hair. He's like the golden child. He's a really nice guy. He, you know, he likes, he signs autographs for kids. He's a good person. And in the fight, they really paint Takamura as being the bad guy. And like the kind of guy that would gouge your eye out to win a fight, you know? And, yeah. um, that is sort of how Takamura is. He is somewhat of an asshole in the show, and that's just his personality. Not really a, yeah, he doesn't seem like a very good guy. He's hot headed. He's also sort of a side character in the show compared to Ipo. But, um, his fights are normally taken more seriously because he's a heavyweight fighter, and the fight against Hawk in the in the prior season was actually pretty good. Um, but how did you feel about the arc with with David Eagle? I mean, did you? I, I certainly thought it was better than the first two arcs. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose so. I I think um, I think it's interesting how they frame David Eagle as kind of like very very American <laughs> like every every prominent American figure in the show is super Aryan like blonde hair blue eyes straight up like <laughs> uh, and he, he even like his of course his last name is Eagle and he's an American and he jumps into the ring in an Eagle costume uh, but as far as the fighting goes I mean the fighting was as, as good I think as it usually is I, one thing about the show that I, I, I kind of appreciate is something that I got out of uh, Kill la Kill is that it the show uh, the showrunners clearly know how to frame action and how to frame a scene and make it feel kinetic when it's actually just a still frame when nothing's really happening mm -hmm. um, because the show is not it, it doesn't have a huge budget no that's it doesn't obvious. It, it doesn't and, and I think and I think that's that's part of a product that there being such massive gaps in between seasons. I think the the interest and the popularity of Epo waned a long time ago. I imagine it probably peaked in the mid '90s, and I'm quite frankly flabbergasted that they even got a new season, another season. So, yeah. but I get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, the the fights leading up to the fight with with the actual uh, main fight with David Eagle uh, were fine, uh, I think. Uh, but the fight with David Eagle uh, himself, I thought was was really good. Um, I like that one. Very exciting. Um, again, not a whole lot of external uh, emotional drama or anything like that to to tie into. But like the the fight itself was was good. I thought. Um, and I think the one thing that really stands out to me about all of all of the fights that kind of brings out the intensity as it should is the music because I think the music in the show is by and large really really great um, aside from a couple of tracks that seem kind of chintzy and, and poppy and derp, 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 like kind of <laughs> goofy sounding yeah. um, but apart from that I think a lot of the, the battle music is really really exciting uh, and, and you know apt for the show I, uh, but yeah this, the, the arc was, was okay it was fine I thought, I thought that Basically, what they accomplished with this arc was that they showed more of Takamura's personality. When he is faced with a difficult opponent, how does he handle himself? What what kind of a competitor is he? And you find that he's kind of the he's the type of guy that will do whatever it takes to win. I think even if it means going after a guy's blind side because he has because one of his eyes is is swollen swollen shut or whatever it might be. But um, I honestly thought that this arc was also sort of a sort of a side story. I mean, clearly there's two major arcs in this season, and this was not one of them. I still enjoyed it. I thought the action was really great. One of the things I love about Epo is that 
Even though the heroes generally win every fight, somehow I'm always convinced that they're not going to win. Like, I, I honestly didn't know that Ippo... I didn't know if he was going to win against Sawamoto or not. I didn't know whether or not Takamura was going to win against Hawk or not. I really didn't know. I didn't, I didn't... Or against Eagle. I didn't know. Like, I truly had no idea. So, um... It's interesting that they, that they keep focusing on all these side characters. So we had Aoki... And we had like the the champions rumble or whatever, where all the minor characters got a got a little piece of airtime, and then we also had Takamura, but we don't really get to Ippo again until nearly the end of the show. Ippo actually never really comes back after Sawamura, and we never. He, he only has two fights. He only has two fights, and we never get to um, Ippo's rival at all in the show. He he wasn't the. Um, Kimura, or what? I I can't remember his name. It's been so long since he's been in the show. I can't even remember his uh, name. Unless you count the Russian guy that that teaches him that the Dempsey role has a weakness. Um, I. That's kind of a little fight, right? Maybe, maybe a little one. But um, I honestly can't even remember Epo's. Um, I think his name's Kimura. I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I I it's been like it's been like 50 episodes since he was important. But he was such an important character in the original anime that it's amazing that he just kind of disappears. But um, we have we actually he does fight I think in the in the later sections doesn't he? Ippo's rival. You do see him I think because Takamura helps him train because he views him as like his second student or whatever. Oh yeah. I I totally forgotten about that because that arc of the anime just seems so unimportant after after watching the very last arc, which I think we should probably just skip to for time's sake. There were th- yeah, there were three fights in the David Eagle thing, uh, two leading up to David Eagle, right? And one of them was Kimura, is that right? I think so, but it's such a small okay. thing. It's like Kimura was a ma- was a major, major character in the first series. I mean, he mm-hmm. was big. He was in practically every episode, and he was barely a new challenger at all, and maybe got this like bit part in this new season. So I'm kind of puzzled by that. But yeah. um, anyway, uh. And sorry, the chat is totally correcting me because I can't remember I can't remember names very well. The, his Miata v- Ichido, that's right. Yeah, his yeah, name's I, Miata, I, and I should I should have known that. Anyway, okay. but honestly, <laughs> I thought the best part of the whole entire show was like the last five episodes. Agreed. Four. It's the four last four. But the yeah, last four. Agreed. I mean, it was great. I mean, I mean that's it's some of the best backstory I've seen in anime in ages. I mean. And it was the coach, Ippo's coach, got backstory, and I was totally shocked by that because he's never had much of a. He's always just kind of like the coach, you know. But the last arc goes back and shows Ippo's coach and his youth and sort of his his up his upbringing in boxing, and mm-hmm. I thought it was a very interesting. They did a very interesting thing with with that backstory and took it back to World War Two and. You know, sort of showed the attitude of the. It felt like a standalone movie. Like it's it's something that I feel like if you cut the 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 present day stuff out of it entirely, um, I feel like it stands alone. It well to me, it absolutely does stand alone. And the the runtime for all that content in those episodes tied together runs at about uh, ninety minutes or a little bit over ninety minutes or something like that. It's basically uh, it's basically a feature length film, and I think that. Not only is it great, but the because it's great, it highlights exactly what I'm talking about, like the absence of character drama uh, in the rest of the show. 
because it, I mean, it feels like a begin. I mean, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. You develop these characters, you create a real world, real life drama for them to experience, and then you use boxing as the focal point to carry out the conflict and the climax of that uh, of that drama. And I think that they do it super, super well. Like that, it was so good that. I had wished that the entire show was just about Ippo's coach and his best friend back in, you know, post-World War II Japan and Reconstruction Era Japan. And, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was, it was absolutely great. And the, the colors were even, the, the color palette was excellent. It had like a, it wasn't black and white and it wasn't sepia tone, but they used a lot of like rustic sepia type right. colors um, that really gave it that kind of, uh, you know, uh, time, like period piece feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I mean, I just thought it was great. I thought it was wonderful. And the, the way they tied in the female character, uh, and how there was kind of a pseudo love triangle going on. And then you discovered that, you know, she was actually a survivor from Hiroshima right. and she's struggling with radiation sickness right. and you know, his, his best friend, what's his best friend's name? Um, oh God. he's, I don't I know. I can't remember his name. Uh, but he's, you know, he's struggling with some kind of, uh, Punk. mental, he's punch mental drunk. He's got, he's, some, he's got yeah. some minor brain damage from boxing. Um, and all of that stuff, like the way they tie that stuff in, it doesn't feel insular to boxing like the rest of the show does. It doesn't feel like uh, they're just leaning on uh, on the techniques and the elements that make up the sport of boxing uh, to tell a story. They're actually telling a story that just happens to have boxing in it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, absolutely for me, that was my favorite part of this series, and I thought it was it was just just great. Um, I want to see more of that kind of thing from this show. Um, because I know I now know that they're capable of it, but it does kind of highlight that absence uh, of that kind of stuff in the rest of the show for me. I think that if you went back and watched the first maybe forty episodes or thirty episodes of the original Epo, you would find more of this type of storytelling. Uh, there's a yeah. lo- there's a lot more of like Epo's origins that I, th- that I don't think is probably completely encapsulated in the first volume of the manga. And Epo's development, and a lot of a lot of the backstory behind the other characters in the show. Um, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that. I mean, if knowing that the writing is capable of this, I have no doubt that the beginning of the show is exactly what I look for in in you know sports shows and in, in in great sports films that, you know, I don't again I don't care about sports, but I have many sports films and sports not really sports TV shows. Uh, well, Friday Night Lights is a good show. Um, yeah, but. Uh, those shows do what I need them to do, and it's that they create good characters and good character drama that just happens to feature a sport. And uh, that's that's really what I want. But if you're a big fan of boxing, then you're probably going to like this because they they sure do talk about you know boxing a lot. Just yeah, just well, boxing. <laughs> I mean, I I thought that the last arc was I thought that the motivations behind the characters were great. I thought that it's sort of you're, you're fighting for Japan's pride. Um, or fighting for love, or whatever it is, and they sort of develop all these things outside of the ring, and I think that's I think that's great. And all the characters are very likable, and you know you 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 get concerned about 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 the coach's friend who has you know minor brain damage, and it's I thought that his fights in that arc were very unpredictable. I didn't expect them to turn out the way that they did. I, I, I thought that the I thought that the action was great. I think I about I about went crazy when at the end of the at the end of the last fight, you know, some of the pivotal hits that happened in that fight got me so pumped up. Um, and then and then the very end of it, you know, I'm not I don't when they're, you know, saying their goodbyes or whatever at the end of the arc, the way that they sort of 
it's so cool the way that he like punches and says goodbye and, and at the air or whatever and and it makes no sense to people that are listening but it is i mean a lot of the stuff like a lot of the, the that kind of drama to me is a little mawkish uh and kind of cheesy um it, and well, it, i like it uh, i know i mean it is it's not for everybody and for me i see that kind of stuff and like him punching the air and whatever and i had to laugh a little bit because it's kind of it's kind of dumb <laughs> but and and another thing that i feel like the show uh, has a bit of a problem with. Um, I think it sacrifices some of its action with the with the internal monologues that the characters um, are constantly uh, thinking about. Um, I th- and and this is a problem that I think a lot of shows based on manga. I've talked about this at length on the podcast, but I do think it has a problem with the internal monologue, and it it sacrifices some action for that because you lose you know the rhythm of the action uh, cannot keep up when characters are constantly thinking about he's throwing this punch right now so I must move out of the way and therefore I will throw this punch and if I do this then he's going to do this and just constantly talking about their strategy as the as no. the thing is happening. No, cram, cram. If you want to see this in, in like a nightmarish form, you should watch the last arc of Hunter Hunter that just finished. Oh, really? That fight was six, I shit you not, it was five or six episodes longer than the Frieza battle, the original one. What? Yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, I've been watching that crap since like last year, September. I mean, I'm, I shit you not. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, this seems minor compared to that crap. It's unbelievable. But I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I appreciate to ask a little you bit too. Of that. There was a there was a thing that happened in one of the fights leading up to David Eagle, and it's it's not really a pet peeve for me, but I know it is for you. They do interrupt the action to do a flashback for the 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 the, the not the what's his name? I think he's the Thai guy, the guy from from, from I can't Thailand, remember, the coconut head guy or whatever. I, I don't. The f- the, he I don't flashes like back to like his daughter. His daughter's dying, and he's being used by his manager, and he as yeah. a, basically a punching bag. Yeah, I don't like that, and I and I. Part of it for me, it gets the it get, it's more abrasive the longer that is. I mean, if if they're taking you away for like ninety seconds or something, I think it's okay. But if if, if they take you away for like eight minutes and you sort of forget what the hell you were watching in the first place, that's a problem for me. But I didn't. Right. I don't like that. I mean, that's. I noticed that, yeah. Problematic. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you. I, that, that's the one thing I wanted to ask you about. But yeah, I, I feel like, like as far as like interrupting action goes, I, I think that the the internal monologue doesn't do the show a lot of favors. Um, and I know that's something that's just kind of part and parcel of a lot of anime. But I keep thinking like this would not work if it was live action. If everything was the same about this and it was just all live action, the co- the constant narration would get tiresome immediately and it, it does that for me because it just it, it drives me crazy like I feel like in a visual medium like like film and television you should be able to express feelings uh, visually uh, but instead they're constantly telling you motivations and, and specifically like boxing strategies and stuff like that which again I don't I don't really care about um, and yeah it just it just gets kind of tiresome and uh, it reduces my enjoyment of the really great moments, like the really big hits, and you know when the music swells up, and and you know you've got these great shots, like when when some boxer gets hit in the side, takes a body shot, and his ribs are breaking, and you can see this kind of uh, uh, X-ray image of his of his ribs snapping. Like that stuff is great, um, but you lose the rhythm that builds up to those moments when you've constantly got characters talking out of their brains. I think that for me, that's how that works. 
Anyway, we're we're running really long, and normally the the season preview episodes are longer, but um, mm-hmm. I think that this se- this season of Epo was a little slower. I think that if you were to score individual arcs, you can you could score these arcs as low as a two, and probably if you really love the end of it, maybe even a five. And I think that I I asked I, I already asked the chat what they thought about it, and um. That we have scores, we have like a very even, a very even spread that goes all the way down to uh, 2.5, and then we have a couple of people that think four or better. It probably wow. averages out to be like a 3.2 or something, yeah. Overall, and I think that basically speaks for that how the the difference in quality of the different arcs. Um, yeah. I know your score is going to be lower because you don't even take the emotion into the show the way that I do, sure. but um, I gave the original Epo a five out of five. I thought I think mm. it's I think it's probably the best sports anime that will ever be made. Um, I think it's pivotal for the genre. I think I gave the, 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 the next new challenger, I gave it a four and a half or a four. I think it was a little, not, not quite as good. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of nostalgia speaking, but what would mm. you give Hajime no Ippo rising if you were to score it right now? You know, before the final arc, I was, I was leaning toward a, for me, I felt it was a generous three, uh, because if I, if I was going to be honest about it before the final arc, I didn't dislike the show, but I didn't really like the show. It just, it didn't do anything for me, but that, that last, uh, but that last arc was so good for me that I, I, I feel like it, I can confidently give it a three. Um, because I did three is the score that I give a show that I, I just like, I didn't really like it. I certainly didn't love it, but I, I didn't dislike it. And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't ambivalent to it. Um, especially in that last arc. Cause that last arc is, is really some great, great storytelling that I wish the rest of the show had. So I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, three Dempsey rolls out of five. Um, I'm going to give it a very generous four. Um, I think it's teetering on three and a half to be honest. Mm. <clears throat> um, when you've seen the original Epo, this one is clearly a giant step backwards in terms of its quality. Mm-hmm. I think a 3.5 as an average is probably a fair score if you took all the people that love Epo and watched, have followed the show up until now and then took all the people that watched it cold and have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Maybe you'd arrive at something like a 3.5. And, a half. and um, that that's not too far off of what our audience has said. So I think... Uh, a three and a half hour is probably a fair score for Hajime no Ipo Rising. Right. Baka so. is dumb in the chat is asking uh, if I will watch more of the show after this review, and I am certain I, I have a huge backlog of stuff that I have to watch. But I think that the first uh, Ipo series definitely belongs on my list of shame, and I do I, w- I do want to go back and see that because I feel like it's got the things that I'm missing out of out of this you know this third series that I really probably had no business watching. Cram, I would rather have you if if a new season of this comes out, I would rather have you just watch the original show. I mean, mm. I'm sure it's going to be better than than whatever the next season is, and you would do yourself a much better service for your time sure. too. Anyway, we're running super super long, so why don't we wrap this up? I think the next I think the summer season's looking good, so we, we, we we've accomplished our goal. We have one more announcement actually to make, and this kind of evolved literally live during the show. Oh, really? Breaking news! Breaking news! We will be attending MetroCon at the Tampa Bay Convention Center from the July 11th to 13th. 
So I know we've met up with people in the past at MetroCon. I know at least a couple people from our forums, Little Tutoni, Bear Fort will be there. Kimiko will also be there. So if you are going to be at MetroCon, please let us know. And it would be great to kind of meet up with you and we'll yeah. be there. And it'll be cool. You know, we'll, if, eat, we'll go eat dinner or something. Yeah. If we cross paths at the same restaurant or whatever, how you know how it goes. That'd be great. So definitely send us a mailbag or a private message on the forums if you're going to be at MetroCon uh, July 11th through 13th at the Tampa Bay Convention Center and let us know if you're going to be there all three days or one day and which day. That was episode 233 of the Anime yes, Addicts Anonymous podcast. And that As was a good episode. always, you can find us at aaapodcast.com iTunes don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes especially if you like us facebook.com forward slash anime addicts anonymous podcast and twitter.com forward slash aaapodcast we also broadcast live at 9.30pm eastern standard time on ustream.tv thank you everyone all your eyeballs Huge who audience. joined us on the ustream it was always great giant audience and taking us out tonight is the song Days from the anime Meikaku City Actors by the artist Jin. So I hope everyone has a great week. All right, we'll see you guys next time. All right, bye bye. <laughs>